Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Smack Attack. Ladies and gentlemen, the show of the people, for the people, by the people, with your people, the people of the peoples. All of us are South Side, this is me, your boy JDE, with the boys from the PWC, here to talk Smack Attack and all kinds of other things that we want to talk about today. Why? Because we can. It's our show. We can do what we want until Ben Hameen tells us not to, and then we don't do it because, you know, we listen. Um, so, but ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let us introduce the crew as always. We're going to start with the person who showed up the latest, and it will be, of course, the Greek freak, Jimmy T, <laughs> right there. Jimmy, what's up, my friend? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm actually quite excited to talk SmackDown once again. It was so nice. We actually did it twice. So here I am again for the Smack Attack. I'm cool, man, but acknowledge your tribal chief, damn it. Mm, that's right. I'm right here, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and next to making their appearance, uh, we'll be, I mean, I'm talking right on time. I'm about to click the go live button. The boy hits it right on the post. He hits the post. Your boy, Chris Ams. Chris, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Yes, I hit my time marks, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm, I'm excited to be here. That's I'm Christopher Ams. That's uh, AMBS, like lambs with Noel or bullshit first thing in the morning. And if anybody out there forgets how to spell my name, don't worry. I'll just remind you at the start of every show I ever do. That's right. That's right. Damn it. As you should. And last but not least, we have the master of the mystical, the doctor of the doom, the everything and anything you need in between, the lawyer uh, from Goyer over here himself, Mr. Jeff. How are you today, sir? <laughs> I'm great, everyone. I'm just happy to be on the most diverse wrestling panel of middle-aged, white-bearded guys. <laughs> hey, we all have different colored beards. Look, so that's diverse. Right, and Sweet. I have a different color. Mine is Builders Neutral, as you can see by my wall behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffy's been on fire lately. Look, You're look. bringing the fire. Look. The fuego. Look, if, if I have to get rid of all three of all of y'all, the only one I'm keeping is Jeff. That's all I'm saying right now. <laughs> you but... can have him, John. <laughs> oh, all right. You can keep him. All right. <laughs> okay. I, I look at as moving on up in the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, look, it's, look, look, the order is going to go oh. Jeff, Chris, then Jimmy. Jimmy, you're at the bottom. Oh, it's of the like that, right isn't it? It's yeah, like that. Yeah, it is like that. No. Uh, Who's going to play with the cat? Oh, thank you. Yeah. But no. Uh, so, I mean, guys, it's been a. Look, last night was interesting, but before we get to last night, I, want, I do want to talk about last night in a sense. Um, you know, as we know, we have Fox, you know, having the main broadcast for SmackDown. The one thing I have found interesting, especially because, I, you know, as we watch, we notice these things being, my degree being in broadcasting, the in-show advertisements that they have. The one thing I've found fascinating is the role and the smoothness and just the way they've done it where they have done the... You know, they talk about the XFL for the last few weeks and everything. They had their championship game. And then they've rolled right into the USFL, right? Have I watched any of that? I have not watched a lick of it. But I find it very interesting. You know, Fox has the broadcasting rights for both these, let's be honest, minor league, American football leagues that aren't probably going to do anything ratings-wise. But yet they are using something like SmackDown to promote these these uh, broadcasts. Uh, it, it's it's fascinating to me how they've done it too, and and try to make it seamlessly one of those things that they've just rolled right into these things. 
Um, do you feel this is because WWE can be a push towards some of these other events because it's going to be reaching people who are similar thing? Or is it because they're like, well, we need to fill time, so let's just promote some of the stuff we have to fill time? Do you, is that what we do? We think Fox sees the advertising value in WWE, or is it just more <clears throat> to fill time with stuff that they need? Who wants to start? Anybody? All right, Jeff. I, mean, I think it's actually part of their contract that they're that they mm. must do that. I mean, I think that's part of the deal with going on Fox, either implied or overt, and it's probably overt. Um, we were talking uh, pre-production, and and we were looking. I'm like, you, you know anything about the XFL or USFL and how they're doing number wise? And neither of us knew. So instead of guessing, we went onto the the, the the computer machine and checked it out, and it looked like. The XFL, which is carried sort of seamlessly into the USFL, the XFL basically does uh, was doing more or less between NXT and Dynamite numbers. Uh, the USFL is a little bit better; it's doing about twenty percent better. It's like it's like uh, it's like the high point in uh, Dynamite, and it's also for in the nighttime shows. It's sort of a lot like Dynamite. The first hour is the highest, or like Raw. The second hour is the second highest, and the third hour has sort of a precipitous drop, which is not great for a sports game. Um, but the USFL, unlike what I'm told by, by some wrestling fans that it's gaining, like it's, it's week five viewership was greater than it's week three viewership and it's, and was greater than, but the week one viewership was similar to the XFL. So it seems like having the XFL sort of in the winter, winter, and then having the, into the spring and then the USFL going spring, summer is sort of working. Uh, for them, as long as the money's right. But the one thing that's interesting about Fox, uh, actually WWE as whole, this is a WWE thing, is that there's that one segment where you come back from commercial and they always advertise that city. They give you images of all the, you know, the big baseball players, some of the sites in that city, and they do that very much on purpose. And they, you know, that that ten or fifteen second segment, and they're letting cities know, they're letting cities and states know we're advertising you. So if you want a big event. We're gonna blast you, and we're gonna we're gonna really sell your city because they want this places bid on them, like the Super Bowl, not to the extent of the Super Bowl, except WrestleMania. Um, but th they do that automatically. Yeah, it kills a little bit of time. You know, it's a little montage. I'm sure all four of us would rather see more wrestling or wrestling <laughs> stories that time. But they they that that's part of WWE strategy is to brand the city and the state for the place to it's all like a goodwill thing so i wouldn't be surprised if they don't go over and above just just on their own volition as a sort of a long-term investment right okay anybody else thoughts um i just want to know what's the ratings for the u.s uh what was it what's, what's it called the usfl <coughs> excuse me and the xfl he just said it he literally i know sorry i know i know like dynamite numbers i know i heard that but what are the exact the exact numbers did they ever reach over a million and stuff okay they're, they're, i mean there's differences between games mm -hmm, and right. you know it says what network the games are and you can guess from from the from the amounts whether they're a night game or a day game but it's basically in in the fives during the day at night it seems to be like in the high eights to one and a half million wow it was okay. one game they that can... was over two million i think but uh yeah, yeah. But I think that was a, that was two major market games. Do right. they get good attendance, like at no the idea. games? 
Okay. Look, that look, we don't we don't get uh, that's something. I mean, we, it's one of those things where, well, like you know, so like for example, um, for the XFL, they played almost majority of their games in just a couple of places, like here really? in Arlington. Yeah, so the XFL's headquarters is here in Arlington at that da- in the Dallas area at the old Globe Life Baseball Stadium when the Rangers built their new stadium. Even though the stadium was only twenty five years old, but they built our original stadium without a roof because everybody apparently forgot that it gets to be a hundred fucking degrees in the summer here and nobody wants to play baseball in a hundred fucking degrees. Yeah. Fuck that. You know? So, uh, that's why they went and built what looks like a literal barn, you know, (laughs) next door, but Hey, it has a roof and it closes and you can play at 70 degree heat. So, um, but they kept that stadium, that old globe life stadium, the XFL's headquarters are there and they play games there. Um, they play the, you know, they, they do that kind of stuff to save cost cutting, you know, to be cost cutting measures and things along those lines. So attendance wise, like if, like, um, for example, Lance Archer, he's, he, he likes going to the Renegades games. He supports a lot of local, uh, stuff here, uh, from the pictures and stuff I, he sees knowing that that stadium, the baseball stadium holds about 40, I'd say from the look of it. It's maybe eight to ten thousand people are in attendance live. That's all right. You That's know, wrestling there too. Yeah. You know, I mean it's not it's not terrible. It's 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 fine for what it is, you know. Um Do you do you think the leagues will last this time though? The, the problem is, I mean, look, the USFL has already gone under once, and they they I know, yeah, it I remember, like, and it was a bigger deal back then. When it well, no, I thought they were competing directly with the NFL. Then they at didn't the time, really have much yeah. Kind of support, right. but I'm, when Trump owned the team, or whatnot, right? But no, no, I'm talking about like in the like, a couple of years ago, like oh, yeah, they are. They had no the USFL. They had to shut it down and restart. That was the, it. That was the AFL. Oh yeah, the yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So look, this 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 spring Don't summer, come at me, bro. Don't come uh, at me. <laughs> yeah, okay. I know. It was, it was whatever, you know, summer league. I may say I don't follow sports, but I sort of follow sports. He's, as much he, as he's a big Ravens fan, well, believe look, me. So I know, I get it. But the the everybody's love of football is the love of the NFL, right? right. And let's be honest. Uh you know, some I college, prefer college ball. I do too. But you know, that's that's a uh, look, college game day. Yeah, you know that's it's college football's great. It's great. That, but, that's what I love about the American culture with college sports. We don't have that here like that. Yeah. I've been to the Rose Bowl twice. Look, oh, cool. it's, look, it's great. You, when you go to some of these iconic places, look, no, look, I've been to Neyland Stadium in Tennessee for a spring game when they packed that sucker out, and I was at the softball fields right next door, and you could hear everything. It it sounded like a constant thunderstorm with the rumble of the fans. <clears throat> cheering and yelling from that place it's amazing like that watching knoxville just turn into this sea of people this quiet little tennessee town turns into a sea of people because of it's amazing and incredible just the the what happens for a spring game or a spring game where it's just tennessee playing tennessee and that's it you know that's all it is speaking Speaking of spring, I have to say this, and and generally, mostly the only the only people who are going to really get this joke will be our Canadian listeners. But it must be spring because the Leafs are out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate it. Because, I get it. Hey, 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 we're hey we're cracking to get to the finals right now, and that's the, yeah. the Dallas Stars. Yeah, buddy. Um, anyway, but like, I I think as much as people love the idea of spring football. 
they don't like the commitment of it. You know, you need a break. You know, I think it goes back to that idea with these parents who want to put their kids in a sport and play them year round, you know, especially with the select baseball stuff. And I keep telling people who's got kids, stop that shit. Let your kid explore the sports, play, become a well-rounded athlete, and then you don't run the risk of burning them out. And like with my nephew, my nephew had to take the entire freshman season, his first year of playing high school ball off because he separated his growth plates and they didn't want to do surgery because he could have gotten back into the season if he'd done surgery. But my sister's like, no, we don't want to run the risk of, you know, complications from that. So we're going to rehab and give him time off. And then, but he missed his entire freshman year because they kept playing him in all these select ball year round stuff. And he's a pitcher as well as an outfielder in a shortstop. So he, guess what? He blew his arm out essentially. Shit. You know, you need, you need that time to take it away to appreciate what you have, you know, take in some baseball, take in some hockey to realize I really love football. I really miss it. So, but Chris, what are your thoughts? Do you feel like this is a good thing for, for Fox and the USFL and all them, or do you feel like this was just a, well, we got to program something and we have to advertise. So this is a way to fill time. Well, I feel like it's definitely a good thing for the, for the leagues. I mean, if they're getting, if they're getting, you know, FaceTime on Fox, you know, network, that's a big deal for them. That's good for them. I'm not sure what they pay for those, for those ads, but uh, you know, it, I mean, you can't go wrong with advertising on Fox. I mean, maybe you could, I guess if you're Bud Light, you could probably go wrong with advertising <laughs> on Fox right now, but, um, <clears throat> but for the most part, like that's going to be good. I mean, a lot of the people who are going to watch football are the right demographic, right? I mean, we talk about the demo and why it's so important. Well, the reason the demo is so important is because the ads can be sold to target whatever demo is watching. So if you've got, you know, males 24 to 40 uh, watching your program, then that's going to be prime real estate for any sporting league. So yeah, I mean, it's good for them. As far as Fox, yeah, I don't know if it's really good for them, to be honest, but it's probably, like Jeff said, it's part of the deal that they have with the WWE, you know, and um, hey, that's, that's I guess, good. I just wish that these American football leagues would stop trying to compete with the true greatest football in the world, the CFL. Um, you know, I mean, good try, guys, and everything, but, like, you know, come at us up here in Hamilton. The Ticats will kick your ass. Yeah. Oh my God! Like, like you can't even play four downs. You only, you only play three. Like, come on! And you have to you have to give yourself a buffer zone of more space with the extra end zone. Don't know. And and a wider field. You have to have a wider field. It's so much more entertaining. I honestly like. I I, I love American football, and my preference for football in general is actually college ball. It always has been, but the CFL actually does have a really entertaining game. Because it's only three downs, people yeah. have to throw more. So you have to you met you have to make up the yardage, you know, in a different way. You can't just um, you can't have one of those super boring teams that just pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes and gets twelve, you know, every four downs, twelve every four downs. Um, and yeah, I mean the wider field also makes for more, yeah. you know, more fun. But uh, but yeah, hey, is Canadian CFL, failure. Hey, is the hey. CFL? bigger than the XF, uh, than the XFL and the USFL? Well, I mean, in Canada, yeah, because we don't get broadcast of the CFL here unless you have, like, some very specialized sports package. I thought it was on ESPN in the States. Not on a not on direct ESPN, or if it is, okay. it's very rare. Like, 
they showed it during the pandemic because there was nothing else on, or they'd show old old games. But, it has been in the past. I think that yeah. they, they decided not to when they thought they were going to bid on the XFL she went and the USFL you know, and also probably some of the, I mean, the NFL is now no, packaged to six different networks. So I think they decide we don't want to make competition. And if we don't get it, it's not that big a deal. So uh, it, it's been on in the U.S. in the past before. Uh, mm-hmm. I've watched it. In fact, uh, I mean, you know, Doug Flutie was the most successful CFL player of all time, at least mm-hmm. at, at that time. So I went to a summer camp when I was a kid. Of course I did. And our camp director, uh, he was a former CFL player and he was a beast. Yeah, yeah. Larry Kemelgo oh. or something like that. You could look it up. Does but, any good players come from the CFL to the NFL? Like a lot of them, or no, very, very no? A lot of times it's the other way around. You get guys who who make their way to the NFL, but then end up in the CFL. Yeah, and yeah. That's that's of course the CFL is a professional wrestling hotbed, being a place where both <laughs> Brock Lesnar and The Rock played. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah, exactly. So, so would you? Okay. So, the most successful uh, players to come out of the Canadian Football League would be Brock Lesnar and The Rock. You know? <laughs> yeah, but not a, not as football players. You know. So, but I mean, I, I think Rudy, didn't didn't Cordell Stewart come come from the CFL? Or I thought no, yes. I thought he went. Or did he? I thought he went there first. He did. No, he there. was there first. He went. He went to the states. He came back. Back. That's right. That's right. He came back. Okay. When Slash was cool, and then when Slash wasn't cool. Yeah. Right. You know. But I mean, I think, you know, at the, at the, in the long run, this is a you know, I think you know, I think Chris, you asked what what are they paying? I think I don't think they're paying anything. I think this is Fox investing in themselves, saying we need to make this work. Yeah. So we're going to advertise. There's not payment for the for. Yeah. They don't pay any more for that than they pay for an ad for you know not, uh, emergency nine one one or whatever right. that Peter Krause, yeah. Angela Bassett shows. Yeah, I, I think I think it's just more self advertisement because they've invested a lot in the XFL and the USF USFL because they want them. And Dynamite work. doesn't get paid for the Lazarus Project or Entourage, but if you see Raw advertised on during Dynamite, they're paying for it. If you see right. Dynamite being advertised on Raw, they're paying for that. Especially in show, like yeah. Like but especially, but I'm, I mean, this is specifically in show advertisement. Like yeah. Michael Cole is specifically talking about it. You know those kind of things. So um, I think it's it's been interesting. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about, guys, we're so, here in Dallas, Texas, home of the Renegades. Who the fuck are the Cowboys? <laughs> yeah, here yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I only yeah. recognize one Renegade, and that's Lorenzo Lamas, who was a cop. <laughs> oh my god, he committed the ultimate Whoa. sin, testifying Whoa. that the other cop gone bad. From way down, Lorenzo Lamas. Shit. Oh my god, Lorenzo. Now he roams the Badlands. <laughs> god. That's a no. name I haven't heard since friggin' the late 80s, early 90s. Oh, my that was a, God. That yeah. was a great show and a great theme song. Good. <laughs> Cue it up. Yes, Cue it up, Jimmy. Yeah, well. Make I can't. I have no control of this stream yet. Yeah, yeah. Find it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but here's my question. So it's the other thing I want to talk about last night. So we are now officially – look, Pat McAfee's not coming back, right? I mean, I think that we're officially – dude. We just I had think, a baby. Well, no, but, like, he's had plenty of time to be back. But you well, know – Actually, actually, half a day of work when I when I had a baby. No, I don't. I'm not a very good father. So, <laughs> God. I've I've got some news as a matter of fact about okay. Pat McAfee because Michael Cole was on his podcast 
just a few days ago, just after Backlash. Mm-hmm. And he said, Michael Cole said, I am not retiring <laughs> till him and Pat McAfee have one last run as as commentators. He goes, even if he goes, I was planning on retiring by 70, like Max, but even then, I'll wait a bit longer, he said, until Pat McAfee decides to come back. So I think he will come back. It's just a matter of when he okay, comes well. back. Yeah, now he has a relationship with WWE. But two two wins for Pat McAfee recently, baby. Yes. And Brett Favre voluntarily withdrew the lawsuit. No settlement. Favre just, had yeah. no chance on winning that. Of course he had no did. chance. But, that, yeah. but lots of people have no chance and don't don't give in this early. I mean, it's probably right. better to give in early, but most people aren't like that. Most people dig their heels in. Well, I mean, I think the public MLB. reaction, you know, to Burke Favre, you know, in this instance was, oh, shit. You know, he, he thought, well, I'm Brett Favre. Everybody was like, you're being a cunt here. The, Pat McAfee's in the right. You're, you're being stupid. You know, to quote a Jimmy phrase there. I'm sorry. I don't normally use that word, but uh, I felt very Australian in the moment there. Um, but, uh, you know, that was, that was the, I think Brett came off as the bad guy. And he still looks like a bad guy. Um, especially because I did see that Ted DiBiase Jr. got arrested. Brett for... is bad guy. Brett, I mean, <laughs> we always knew he was a bad guy, but I think I saw Ted DiBiase Jr. did get arrested for some of that um, scandal about you yeah. know the the money, the grant monies and stuff well, that was given. Brett's already been found guilty, so it's just mm. Ted Jr.'s turn. Okay. And, I mean, and you know, it's it's the the real question for us is what happens to Ted Senior. Is there is there right. enough plausible deniability there? He hasn't been charged well, yet. So. He was in the UK just a few days ago. So, well, because nobody takes your passport when you're not being charged. So, right, true. That's true. You're not charged yet. True. So, I mean, also proving the point that he made a long, long time ago. Everybody's got a price. Right. Oh, there it is. Look. <laughs> and he does have friends in the IRS. Look, yeah, right, right. Pay your taxes. Well, he knows the IRS. You, yeah. you tax cheat. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, I mean, I guess my question is this. Wouldn't like, it be funny if, like, one day, you know how, like, there's embodiments of Earth as a god in some panoplies that, like, in 10,000 years people look back and they actually think the IRS was IRS? Like, it was actually... <laughs> <laughs> it's Mike Rotunda. There's a yeah. giant statue of fucking Mike Rotunda, and they all just right. bow to it. <laughs> right, they, they, right. they only discover, like, He's Mike pointing, Rotunda, like, like Funko Bobbleheads <laughs> and action figures. Those are the only ones that survive somehow. And they have, they're like idols that people had all over the place in temples. Yeah. This is great. This is the best fan fiction I've ever come up with. There you go. Look, I appreciate it very Just much. Start writing. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't write shit. Ghostwriter. Ghostwriter. He needed a ghostwriter. But here, I guess, though, like listening to Pat, uh, listening to Michael, listening to Wade Barrett, like Michael feels doesn't feel the same, especially in these last few months with Wade Barrett. I'm not saying that Wade is a bad announcer, Wade is fine. Michael has feel like he's fallen back into that. I'm here to collect a paycheck kind of Michael Cole, not the same Michael Cole we had when Pat McAfee was there, you know, and I don't know if you guys see that, but that's just how it's come across to me in these last few months since January paying attention, knowing that, Oh, look, maybe Pat McAfee is going to be back now that the NFL's over with. Um, and, okay. Super Bowl. All right. Pat McAfee, Pat, nope, and it, he just hasn't felt the same. Is that something that I'm projecting onto Michael Cole, or is that coming across to you guys as well? 
I, I've never liked Michael Cole as an announcer. I, I, I know that recently there's been a lot of like, well, you know, he's been there for so long. Let's give him his flowers kind of uh, attitude towards Michael Cole. Mm. I still give him no flowers. I won't even pick him a fucking dandelion. That guy can fuck himself. Um, mm. I do not like Michael Cole at all as an announcer. And I think that I've literally, I can legitimately tell you that I've never thought to myself, okay, they can't possibly, you know, replace Michael Cole. It's when and how are they going to eventually replace Michael Cole? Please, God, get rid of this guy. So as far as, like, is he is he a little more bland right now because he doesn't have Pat McAfee? Well, yeah, because Pat McAfee gave him something to get excited about, and it was something that he could sort of, you know, show up emotionally for because he really, I think, genuinely enjoys, you know, doing the job with Pat McAfee. But... Of course he does. We'd all love to hang out with Pat McAfee. He's a ball of sure. energy and excitement, right? He's fun. The thing is, is that your announcer should actually be that guy. Like, that's that's the thing, mm. is that Michael Cole actually should be the fun guy to be around instead of being the guy who has to get up because the fun guy to be around showed up. I, I, think, I think he's improved tenfold, though, these days. And I think it all has to do with the energy of the show. Like with Backlash, for example, I felt like him and Graves were pretty good just because of the energy of the show. If the show's good, you can tell even the commentators are like on the edge of their seat and, they're, and, and their commentating is just so much better. But I think he's a lot better now. I, I don't mind him now. I used to hate him too, though, years ago. But now I feel like without Vince in his ear all the time, I think he's a lot more fun to listen to. Yeah, I mean, listen, we've, we've heard Michael Cole's voice for a quarter of a century. So, yeah. you know, naturally you're going to be a little bit tired of it after this time. I'm not watching these shows for Michael Cole. Michael Cole is a play-by-play guy. He's just supposed right. to tell me what's happening and what are the storylines. Was it refreshing when he was with Pat? Yeah, it was nice. Was it nice to see once the reins were off how excited he got? Yeah, but then Absolutely. Vince came back, and then he put the reins back on, and so it was so it was so demonstrably different one week to the next. And then Vince sort of went back out again, and then he sort of, you know. So if I'm him, I'm really not sure what's going on in the back, and maybe I, he found this middle kilter. But I'm not there to listen to Michael Cole. I happen to think the Wade Barrett is great, and one of the things about Pat has a lot of energy, and Pat was great. But let's face it. Pat would get up and dance with Shinsuke Nakamura's stuff, but Shinsuke's on once every four weeks and isn't a very important player in WWE. And then he would acknowledge the tribal chief too. Well, that's good and it's fun for a while, but then you realize, and I hate to do this, no, I don't. It's like the AEW fans. They cheer the heels and they cheer the faces. Well, I mean, you know, your color commentator is supposed to have a preference. Either they're a heel commentator or they're a face commentator. You can blur it a little bit, but Pat obviously had favorites and not favorites who you do i mean michael cole has a stick with bailey that's funny but that's just a one-on-one -on -one thing that, that came organically from from the uh during the pandemic era when it was everything was quiet but i think wade is brilliant he's a heel commentator he sticks to his job he knows the moves i love wade i i actually look forward to listening to wade every single week so i i think he is the best commentator right now in wrestling bar none of shows i listen to so um, I actually agree with you on that. All right, good. Then I'm going to stop because I, I got a second. Okay. Chris, what do you, what makes him the best in, in going on right now, in your opinion? 
Well, again, I think that he understands his character. I think he understands that he is a character and that what he has to say is supposed to accentuate what's going on in the ring. I think that he understands a very rudimentary and basic form of commentary, right? Tell people, you know, what's going on in the ring. Talk to them about the story that they're seeing. Accentuate the story that's being told by the guys you know, in the ring. And I think that as a former wrestler, he understands that to a to a degree that not a lot of people do. Because when he's being told, oh yeah, I mean, you know, to do this, do this fluff piece or whatever, I can picture Wade Barrett going, no, I'm not going to, thinking in his head, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to focus on what's going on in the ring. Because I remember being on SmackDown or whatever, and basically Michael Cole burying me on TV as I'm trying to have a match. <laughs> he's talking for 15 minutes about whatever the fuck's coming up next week. I'm going to focus on what's going on in the ring. I'm going to continue to be my character. He is Wade Barrett on commentary. He is not he's not a fan and he's not pretending to be a fan. He's just Wade Barrett. So he sticks with what he knows. He knows the he knows the names of all the moves and he understands exactly what commentary is for, which is to give the lyrics to the music of the wrestling match. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think I think we're where a lot of people were appreciative of Pat is Pat was us. You know, I mean, Pat would rip somebody that comes out that he didn't like, and that's okay. You know, that's, that's who we are. He's Pat's a color commentator in the sense of he's there to hype things up. Like to me, I could see a balance of Cole Wade and Pat all working together because Pat brings something different than where like, if Pat gets all hyped up, Wade would be like, you know, Come on, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, what are you, you know, you're doing? You know, you know what, I, Raw could really use energy and they could use Pat for like half the show because they need energy. I didn't mean to interrupt, yeah. but it just struck me no. said it, that 180 minutes versus 120 minutes, I could use some of that childish exuberance, childlike exuberance, not childlike. Right. right. Um, and, but, and maybe it would behoove Raw to have him come out for the second half, you know, kind of like WCW used to do, you know, after that second hour. Hey, we're now into Nitro. This is, you know, the second hour of Nitro. They brought out everybody, two new people to, to yeah. commentate with Tony It was Tony Bischoff Shabani. in the first hour, and then uh, was it Bobby the Brain Heenan that was coming to the yeah. second hour? Or, or they throw rain other Tony Schiavone or was Tony, your constant. Uh, you know? Tanae as well. Yeah, you know, you had Tony Schiavone as your constant throughout the show. Right, right. Was I, miss, I miss Mike Tanae. I, I know everybody loves Tony, but like the professor, Mike yeah. was Mike Tanae was 100 <laughs> times better than Tony. I don't well, know. The real professor. Right. No, and I mean, that's what made him great was Tony Schiavone was was calling the action in the ring, but Tanae was bringing the info that you really, really yeah, needed yeah, and exactly. wanted, especially exactly. like with the Japanese and the Mexican, you know, characters. He and, knew all that shit, he right? He knew all of it. And, you know, the sad part is, you know, he did the Tony Schiavone is as soon as wrestling is done. He just is in Vegas and he's just doing yeah, his thing. Yeah, what's he doing? Is he doing some betting thing or some yeah. shit like that? Right. Yeah, yeah. And he's he has no interest and getting back into wrestling, he, he gets asked for conventions. He says no. You know, he just he, he, he did a great know? job at at, at, yeah. at uh, TNA too when he was there. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Really brought a lot of class to the commentary there. Yeah, and I mean, Peter John class in TNA at that day, at that time was hard to come by. So right, yeah. yeah. Well, he, when he you're Don West, doing what he's doing and doesn't want to be, you know, at subject to being fired, well, you know, midway through any show. Like, right. Point is well, a very mercurial. Giovanni was the same for years. He was bitter about the wrestling business and up until AEW. Well, he was also but, broke, so that that, that I mean, bitterness well, helps when you're broke. If your business, if what you're doing, you're successful or just successful enough doing. I yeah. mean, May has got to be seventy, so he's probably collecting social yeah. security too. Yeah. Um, 
I have a question. I don't know if anyone knows it, but like last I heard about Larry Zabisco, he was with Alicia Fox, but apparently not what? anymore. But he was a really good. I mean, he was a good commentator too. Like is I love him, the living legend. Absolutely. But like, is he really with Alicia Fox? Not anymore, but he was for a while. What? Wow, yeah. he still is a living legend in my book. That is a good career. <laughs> wow. Good on yeah. you. But is he around? Like, like, put him on Raw. Put a third person. I mean... I know he's not doing one, because I listened to Tony Schiavone's podcast, and they talk about... Like, they've talked about Tanae. They've talked about some of these other guys. And, like, because Tony's talked about how he didn't get... Him and Bobby had a falling out, and he didn't have a chance to call him uh, yeah. after... You know the stuff, and 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 he was he's really upset about that. And he says, "Look, I'm a shitty friend. I don't call people. I'm just not that person." And he's trying to work and be better on. He says, "So like he's try he's reached out to today. He's reached out to to Zabisco. And from everything that's been said in the podcast, Zabisco's there, but he's not doing super great. You yeah. know, as far as health wise and stuff like that. So he's probably not available. I mean, he's he was." Already in his forties, you know, back when Older, the Nitro started. Probably fifties at that point. Yeah, I, so. I, I actually think that they already have a really good um, option for for commentary on the books. Who's there every week anyway? Who they show on TV often, and who they're apparently not going to be, um, you know, redoing the hurt business with. I think MVP would be a really fucking great fresh voice on mm. commentary, and it also gets to check a box for them. I mean. I'm not suggesting so that they check a box, but it does check a box to say, look, yeah. look, we have a black guy on commentary. And MVP is, I mean, incredibly knowledgeable and fun when he's talking. Yeah. I actually, I miss MVP's podcast. I loved when he had his podcast True. going because I thought that he was both insightful and a lot of fun. And I think that yeah. he could bring that to commentary, especially if they're not going to redo the Hurt Business, which I think that right. they ought to. Right, so because I mean Byron Saxon doesn't count; he's too white to be a black guy. Oh, I can't um, stand Saxon. Thank God he's yeah, not I mean, there anymore. Look, that raw announcement. Look, yeah, he's too white to be a white guy. He's yeah. the Kerwin White of black guys. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's like Commander Data. Yeah, look, he really <laughs> look that whole the Vic Joseph and like whatever or whoever those guys are. The raw commentary team is awful. The British guy, I can't stand. Like he, he's. The Irish guy, the Irish guy. Whatever don't say it, British. The Irish guy. The guy from over there. I know they can't. Like, oh, yeah. Terrible. Terrible. I don't know who you're talking about. What British guy? Yeah, and I mean, Graves <laughs> is not great. I Look, I would love to revamp that. MVP, Big E, and, you know, somebody to steer the ship. I think that I, would I be would great. love if they use Big E for it. But, you know, you know they don't want to put him on TV because that stops the tacking of the contract time to extending well, it. Well, they had some more with Joe, and he was perfect at that. Yeah. yeah, but they but Joe they, was great. They released yeah. them twice, dummies. Yeah, what an idiot. Yeah, but you see, the problem is right now he he like they I do know that Big E. They said a year out a year into his recovery, he's still not cleared to wrestle. So his neck is still not a hundred percent after surgery and, and everything. And like that, that cane is is a shoot. That's not even a work. Mm -hmm. He legitimately sometimes needs a cane to walk around. So. Yeah. So yeah, why not? You look, you you have him under contract. Put him on commentary. Use him. So look, then, you know, look. And I mean, what's what's it going to hurt? He's gonna he's gonna bring you know some quality to your table. I mean, when he's been ringside to do, you know, when he does matches or whatever before, I I've stayed to listen the whole time because he was. I'm just not sure if it's not too much of a liability risk. They do have action around the table. The table gets smashed at least twice a week. Like yeah. maybe him trying to get out of the way or not getting out of the way is too much of a liability risk. Maybe for, it for, could for be all involved. It now, could be. You could put him in backstage or you could do 
I mean, there's no law that says commentary needs to be, you know, out by the thing. You can still have the Spanish announce table there and, and let mm. that get crashed on. A commentary could be in a booth like a football game or a baseball game. Or well, bring it back to the top of, of the Or on the stage, the yeah, on the stage yeah, exactly. where, where where they have it for AEW and where they had yeah. it for, for, for Nitro for years. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I know they love their crash the, the, the table spot, but just just make a bigger timekeeper table with a timekeeper and the ring announcer. Right. I mean, whatever. Yeah. But there's nothing there's nothing hard to, to, to do here. So yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think I would try that for Big E. And I think having like a fake booth where they're looking at might make it look mm-hmm. like a more sports presentation might actually be cool. And they have those big headphones and things like, yeah, like in a skybox or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're not selling those skyboxes anyway for wrestling shows. Why not use it? They used sure. to. Well, I mean, to, but why would you? In reality, not in what used to happen. I remember yeah. there was a Raw in 99 from Toronto at the, at the Sky Dome. And there was people in the hotels up in the press boxes there. With a big rock like banner, like from the windows, it looked Just cool. Man. Grow, growing up, Tuesday night was Eat Australian People Night buffet in the United <laughs> States. They stopped that in 1979, and it was great, and I miss it. But just because we used to eat Australian people doesn't mean that we that we should <laughs> right. do it again. Yeah, remember, right, then, right. Jimmy, but you, you made just... me think about changing my mind on that, Jimmy. Jimmy, you just, you just said something though. It was in the hotel at the at the Sky Dome, so right. meaning that person got the room, but they were not watching Raw. They didn't pay a ticket for it. Yeah, they were watching it from the from the. You could right. see it, like, so, right. So the so you know the really it's the question of they're watching it from their hotel room, but did they, does WWE get that money for the ticket they paid Good to spend the night in the hotel? They I know. doubt it. They yeah. I, I am someone who stayed in that hotel during oh, cool. a, a, a Blue Jays game where oh, you, open been up, awesome. you open you up yeah, your balcony yeah, yeah. and you're there. No, the, that, the, I mean the rooms cost more. Yes, but do. Does it go to the Blue Jays? I mean, probably. I mean, because the the and the hotel are connected. I right. mean, I think that there there there's obviously either co ownership or it is some sort of synergy there. But but no, I'm I paid the hotel. Yeah. See, I'd love that. That's such that'd be such a great experience though. Being like in the hotel room, but you open your window and there's the arena and the stadium right there, watching whatever. It's really cool. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're right right that's... center field and the the kids freaking loved it yeah oh, that'd then, be awesome. then, oh, yeah you turn on us canadians do some cool shit right yeah. like, that is cool uh, look, do any other arenas have that, that? i don't people. think they do hey look no, I don't, that one i do not spit on that that is cool that, that is, is cool, cool. yeah <laughs> all right more yeah. arenas around the world should adopt that man i think that's a great thing and a great idea yeah so one last story I want to talk about this before this week. So, uh, of course, we're, we're on the fallout from Backlash, if you want to call it that. Um, but one story that's come the out. The Backlash from Backlash. The Backlash from Backlash. <laughs> the Backlash from Backlash, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, the one question I have, so that I've seen this floated about in a few sources. It said that talent and some people behind the scenes have wanted to make Backlash a permanent fixture in Puerto Rico um, mm. after this past week. Uh, I don't believe that. Look, it's been it's been. Look, I, I've seen at least three different sources who have had it listed as hearing from backstage. You know, I'm not pulling this up from just one source. I looked at three different. Now again, it's, it's this it's is not, wrestling. It's not past the source. This is wrestling journalism. So of course we know which means <laughs> absolute shit. I have <laughs> you know I have more faith in political journalism than I do wrestling journalism. <laughs> Facts, <laughs> but 
if that's the case, just throwing it out there logistically and everything along those lines, knowing WrestleMania is always somewhere, but seeing the crowds, seeing the fact that people love what was going on there, is that a viable thing for WWE to have backlash as a permanent fixture in, in Puerto Rico? Uh, Jeff, what do you think? Is it viable? Sure. Um, I wouldn't do it every year because part of the excitement was the pent-up, built-up demand. Would I do it maybe every th three to six years? Sure, I, I would do it. But I, I think if you oversaturate most any market, it's a bad idea. Look at AEW with Las Vegas and Chicago. Um, you know, they're having trouble even. I mean, they're, they haven't sold out double or nothing yet. And they only released, what, eight or 9,000 tickets? Isn't it uh, only 3,000 sold right now? I'm not sure what the number is. I, I, I thought it was like two or 3,000. Someone else said 7,000. I don't know what it is. I might be getting confused with a house show that has 5,000 tickets available and they sold about <laughs> 1,500. Uh, anyway, what, whatever it is, I probably wouldn't do the same city every year for most anything, uh, but it should definitely be in consideration for the rotation. I don't think there's anything magical about backlash for it, except that it makes it easier for logistics. But a company like WWE, who's now going to have shared resources with UFC through the uh, th through Endeavor, has more logistical power. You know, I, I think logistics. Listen, by now WWE has been touring routinely for forty years plus. I think they have logistics down. So right. I'm, I'm I'm not really so worried about that. The only difference, I guess, is that it's an island, so it's a little bit harder to get production trucks and get a ring and things like sure. that. But so, so you pay Savio Vega, whoever's running the best promotion there, and you you give them a thousand dollars a month to keep stuff on retainer. Then when you rent the stuff, you give them ten grand for for you know whatever assistance you I'm need. I'm sure WWE would have a warehouse in in Puerto Rico. They've I'm, got I'm warehouses sure they here. Would. They've got warehouses all over the world for for, for that exact reason. Are you sure? Well, if they do, yeah, then they, they do. do. It'd be nice for Puerto Rico. Yeah, put yeah, put something there. Todd Brantley, Hurricane Land. He brings this up. It's up to That's Puerto true. Rico, tourism, not WWE. If they don't want to pay for it, then it's not. It's gonna not going to happen, and that's a, that's facts. Because now WWE have managed to to make their PLEs that viable to a point that now cities around the world have to bid to have a PLE, and that's how it works now. It used to be just for WrestleMania. Now it seems like it's for every PLE. Is it for every PLE? I don't think so. It's not every PLE, like, but they're trying. They're, well, they're trying to get there. I mean, they're. I mean, listen, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia really kicked the, set the, set the goalposts really, really high. But, you know, Cardiff and Puerto Rico now, and, and WrestleMania has been like this for years. Uh, and think, Australia, too. The, Australia, the Victorian government here for my state had to pay to get a PLE here. And they're negotiating again now. So, yeah, everyone around the world to get a big event, a WWE event, they got to pay up. And we're talking millions. Except Montreal, because everybody just wants to go there anyway. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, the red light Montreal. district is tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Tight. Very yeah, tight. Yeah, yeah. You, sure, you sure it's yeah. tight? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shut up why, now. That's why, you go, that's why you go to the red light district. Hello. Uh, <laughs> you know, but I mean, I, I, I think I agree with you. I think the, the novelty of this. Now, granted, was it egregious how long it has been since WWE had been to the Puerto Rico before this happened? I think, I think we talked about the last time before the show happened. It was uh 20 2008 and 9 for smackdown no, and raw oh yeah 2005 was last let me talk ago, yeah. the adults are talking now jimmy uh 
it was eight and nine when a house when house shows were there for SmackDown and Raw, but then it was like oh five was the last actual um, TV uh, no pay per view. Uh, you know, and so it, it's it's that that's a really long time. That's a really long time to be getting, you know, to keep from going someplace. Um, the question becomes, was it worth it for Puerto Rico, you know, in the long run? But I, let's be honest, too. Wrestlers and everybody saying they wanted to in Puerto Rico. Think about this. You're on an island in the Caribbean for however mm-hmm. long. I mean, who was who wouldn't want to go there? Right. I mean, it's better than Saudi Arabia. But the question is, was it do we I, I haven't seen anything, but. Was it viable for the island? Did it bring in tourism? Is it did it bring in extra monies from outside the island for them? That's you're the, even big enough to even bring any sort of money when you yeah. think about it. I mean, how many people live on on Puerto Rico? I, I honestly don't know, but I'm guessing three million. That, the last I checked. Okay, so that's like a small state. Close to so, it. so it 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 would. If I'm Puerto Rico, it depends on tourism. If I'm WWE, can you fill up ten thousand people once a year? Sure. Um, no, no problem, but is it worth it for Puerto Rico? Yeah, it's going to depend on tourism. Did, were, did hotels and restaurants, did, you know, they're going to see their their tourism, their various tourism tax receipts and see if it went up immediately before and immediately after WWE, and they'll probably track it to see if there's yeah. any any correlation. 3.264 million as of the 2020 huh? census. That's a lot more than you'd think, right, for such a small island. I'm actually quite oh, surprised by that. Yeah, Hawaii is uh, 1.442 wow. million. And Costa Rica, Costa Rica is 5.154 million. Yeah, so, and, and Hawaii is broken up over eight islands. I mean, right. granted, the, the, most of the population is on one island. But right. still, you know, it's, you want to go to population centers where it's destination. I mean... Asking people to fly to Hawaii for a wrestling show to me <laughs> sounds like a big ask. It is, but I mean, it, I mean, it's it's a lot easier to get to Puerto Rico. You're in the Caribbean. You're not having to get a passport or anything. But like, your dollar generally you're... goes further in Puerto Rico too. I mean, you yeah. can buy groceries. You can, but you can go out peanuts. to get a meal. It's going to be a lot. Well, it's not exactly peanuts in Puerto Rico oh, anymore. Wow. But I mean, it's still a lot cheaper than Hawaii. Right, and yeah. just getting there is cheaper. You know, it's yeah. not nearly as expensive to get to Hawaii. How much does it cost for you guys to actually get to to Puerto Rico? Uh, here, let me look right now. Let me, just say, just it's curious. Same Miami. Okay, well, it's yeah. just off the coast, so it's not even far. Yeah. I think it's like five hundred miles. Or but I will tell you, from coast. someone who was considering going to Puerto Rico on you know honeymoon, I'm I'm now more than ever certain that that's where I want to go. I mean, I always didn't. I I never wanted to leave a U.S. territory. Obviously, I don't want to deal with passports and currency exchanges and shit like that. Yeah, nah, it's, it's you know, if you're fuck. if you're taking six or seven days off, I don't want you know one day on each end to be devoted to customs and if luggage gets lost and all that. Yeah, standing immigration lines. But uh, but you know, Puerto Rico has now beaten out St. Thomas and you know and then you know the other U.S. Virgin Islands and whatever else is fucking down there. Yeah, let's put it this way: if I want to go from Dallas to San Juan, they. Right now, if I say May twenty second to the thirty first, which is what's listed, uh, I can get there for one hundred sixty eight dollars on Frontier Shit. Airlines. That's cheap. That is fucking cheap. That's yeah. awesome. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Dirt cheap. Dirt but, cheap. Absolutely. Uh, if I want to go to Ponce, cheap. I can get there. Uh, I can get there at three hundred twenty four dollars flying Spirit, as that's well as. What if you want to go to London for all in? 
Oh, you uh, want to do that? Probably uh, five to eight hundred, I think. Uh, I would probably go with uh, Wrestle King. I, I would take Wrestle Travel. London, one way. Spirit North North Atlantic UK. It's a seven hundred thirty eight dollar round trip ticket. Right. If I want to fly right. American, a thousand dollars. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, it's only look, five hours away though, man. It shouldn't for you guys. So it shouldn't be. Should be cheaper. It, it, it's not the length of the flight, pal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God damn yeah. it. So, but, but you got to remember, for like for me, Jimmy, it is if I want to, if I usually have to take one stop, right? Yeah. So it's going to be 10, 11 hour days. Well, how much would it cost to get here out of curiosity? Because I want to compare it to how much it costs for me to go to use. It's, it's going to cost a lot, but I, while, while he's looking that up, Sydney, the, the reason why I think last I checked, it was like 1600. Yeah. Oh, that's about the same. The, the reason why U.S. flights of a, a five-hour trip, let's say from New York to L.A., you can get very cheap because if you're not going direct, it'll be the same expense because it's like a bus. If you're taking Southwest, you're going to have five stops before yeah, you get fuck to LA. that. Right, but no, that's there, there is one ways to get to where I am too. So, and yeah. so, so, like, so. if I want to go to Sydney, I could take Qantas direct from Dallas and fly. And it's a fifteen-hour flight, and it's two thousand four hundred and seventy-seven dollars round trip. Uh, the other options are American. I could fly American with one stop in LAX and it's a 19 hour flight day. That's $1,513. That's a good price. Actually. And then Air yeah. Canada, I could fly with two stops. Hey! Yeah, I could. It's 1546 But I'm going to be honest with you. That's if it's me, I'm That's the name extra. of my country. Yeah. <laughs> cheap pop, cheap pop. Uh, <laughs> The, hey, you mentioned Qantas me, before too, just quietly. <laughs> I'm gonna take. I'm gonna pay the extra flight Qantas nonstop because I'd rather Qantas is good, man, and not Qantas... deal with the over, you know the the stop. So you're rich. I'm not rich. I'm uh, saying if it were me and I could afford it, I would pay the extra, you know, thousand yeah, dollars. Safety matters, man, for flights like that, man. And yeah. just I don't know, man. I saw I saw your pictures from church the other week. I I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm calling I'm calling the bluff yeah. on you're not. You got that BBF <laughs> and not profit grant. Look, no, 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 no. That's that's my dad. I have not my dad. Uh, yeah, look, John. We know. Cut the shit. Come on, man. <laughs> look, look, that's my dad. I have communion wafer. I have nothing along those lines. Uh, what the fuck is playing right now? Uh, I, I have audio playing for some reason in my head. I'm going, what the fuck is playing right now? It's one of these pop-up ads came up and I had to mm. find which browser it was in. But like, uh, you know, like that's like, so yeah. So if I want to, like if I, and that's flying to Sydney though. Like, like yeah. that's, you know, to me, that would be the easiest option to do. And I know that Qantas has a nonstop from Dallas because I just watched a guy do the trip from Sydney back to Dallas, and it's like one of their longest trips that they do. Um, it's like in the top three of Qantas flights that they do. Shit. You know, because they well, do you've... Qantas, they, they do like one to London, they do one to Dallas, and then they do one to somewhere else. But... You know, Qantas was the safest airline over the it last few years. It yeah. actually was. And it has won that on multiple occasions over yeah. the years. They're, they're very good, man. They've never had yeah. any issues, period. And, and it's run by actual koala bears. Right, I mean, with with a kangaroo or two to help get it going in the air. Hey, hey, that's a that's that's the Qantas is like a big deal here, man, for us. If you know what yeah. I mean. Because, oh no, no, it is. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, here's one. Uh, <laughs> this is what I would definitely not take. It oh. is. It's only one thousand eight hundred dollars, but it's a fifty three hour day trip. 
where you fly Delta and China Airlines. <laughs> oh, fuck that. Look, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. I'm not. That, that's longer than than two days by my count, and <laughs> you're definitely going to be tagged as a foreign, a, a foreign national, and you're going to be spied on. No, uh, no, no, your, no. your stops oh, are in uh, Los Angeles and Taiwan Taiyun International Airport. And Oof. and Vladivostok. Okay, so we're flying, <laughs> we're flying into a war zone. Great. Yeah. Right. No, like, no, like, like that. there's what that's what I was like. Like you're flying I, into into Taiwan, Pyongyang, Miramar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Miramar. Yeah, right. Pyongyang. Yeah. No, I mean, screw that. I mean, there's another one. You can fly Alaska. And Ala- you, oof, you, you no fly. Chance. You're flying Alaska Airlines, <laughs> and you fly. So it's Dallas taking Alaska to San Francisco. And in San Francisco, you're getting on Singapore Airlines and flying in Singapore, They're not bad. Changi Airport, and then from there into uh, Australia. So this is literally nah, like a hitchhiker's way of getting to Australia. Yeah, no, right. that's ridiculous. Like, I'd rather look, pay the more money to go one way and the safest trip on top seriously, of seriously. Just, just, just like stow away on a freighter. I know. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you're making more than Why one not? stop and it's taking fifty three hours to get there, nah, no, no, you'd be no, pissed by the time you get by the time you get here, you'd be like, "Fuck this, I want to go back already." Well, that means you're going to be like eight hours in. Like, look, if you're going to do that, stop in Singapore because supposedly have a really great airport right they why do would they you, do why would you go to taipei like oh. you know taiwan and stay at their airport for like 12 cheap, hours what the fuck cheap refueling i guess yeah. some shit. Shanghai into the british navy what right else? yeah yeah you probably yeah, get on a boat from there and just you know it'll be faster <laughs> where like, am i don't worry yeah. about it I don't, know. I don't know and i guess yeah the, that's that, dodgy that's the real question is where are we Who's right now Sad. We should what? be talking about SmackDown at this point. Oh, this good about that. What? what are you talking about? This is the okay. Hang on, we've got. Uh, hang on, we've got we've got six minutes, and I want to tell a joke. Actually, it's okay. something that uh, it's a it's a joke that that Jimmy will love. By the way, okay. oh cool. All right, because it's about a kiwi. All right. So oh, beautiful. There's this, so there's this kiwi farmer, right? He's got this great big farm, and he's got all these animals on it, right? And uh, he's out there and he's doing his work. And this guy comes 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 walking by and he's like, "Hi, I'm I'm a you know I'm a I'm a prophet and I'm, I can talk to the animals." And the kiwi's like, "Oh yeah, sure you are, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, have another drink or whatever, right?" And he goes, "No, is that your dog over there?" And the guy goes, "Yeah." And he says, uh, "Hey, uh, hey, dog, uh, how does the owner treat you?" And the dog speaks in perfect English and he goes, "Oh yeah, he's real nice to me. I I like him. You know, he's he feeds me and he keeps me keeps me you know safe and everything." And the farmer's like, "What the fuck? My dog can talk. That's incredible, right?" And the guy's like, and "The guy's like, yeah, right. Let me show you again. Hey, horse, right?" And he says, "Hey, horse, is is your owner good to you?" And and he goes, and he goes, "Yeah, and yeah, the, the owner's good to me, and he feeds me oats, and he does all this other stuff." And the guy goes, "Yeah, great, great." And the, the farmer's just his mind is blown at this point, right? And the, the the prophet guy goes, "Hey, is that your sheep over there?" And the kiwi goes, "The <laughs> sheep lies." <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. I like it. Uh, Goddamn sheep fuckers. Shout out to all my New Zealand peeps out there. <laughs> Not the real kiwi. <laughs> nah. nah, nah. My one of my best friends is is from New Zealand. And he's living there right now. So it's it's all fun and games between us and them. Hey, the is, cool he, thing is, is he really living there though? That's the question. Yeah, no, he was born. <laughs> he was born in New Zealand. Came to Australia. Done high schooling here. And then went back to New Zealand. Wait, is New Zealand real, or is is it just Australia that's pretend? I can't remember. 
No, New I, Zealand is real. As a matter of fact, whole, New Zealand used to be a state of Australia or used to be part of New South Wales. You no, know, that originally. whole quarter section of the earth is considered, you know, AI country. Yeah, I think well, Oceania oh. entirely is, is where the bubble of fate yeah, is. No Samoa, yeah. no Pacific Islands, no Australia, no New Zealand, none no, of that. We have Samoa. The Samoa counts. And well, see, yeah, America the Uso Samoa. should be proof. Yeah, America Samoa, exactly. Amer- see, America They're not happy Samoa. with you guys. They want to be like Puerto Rico. Actually, you guys have uh, sort of done them wrong. Apparently, their way of getting American citizenship is to join the army, right? Or the military in general. But once they do, and once they've finished their service, they still don't get their citizenship. What's going on there? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Pay up, pay up. Sorry. Samoa, more Samoa. Listen, if you can't get yourself to be 280 pounds or larger and and, and recruited (laughs) by a professional wrestling company, it's on you. Yeah. Oh, God. I I didn't hear that. (laughs) Look. There's plenty of things wrong with our government that I don't have time to talk about or share about. I'd rather, like, if we're going to go that route, then I'd rather talk SmackDown. So let's do that. You know, let's, we're going to we're going to cut that shit off and we're going to talk SmackDown instead. So, <laughs> uh, gentlemen, last night, SmackDown 5-12-2003 was from Knoxville, Tennessee, home of the yeah. Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, we had uh, Michael Cole and Wade Barrett on the call as usual. Um, and this was a very interesting start to the show um, because they kind of introduced everything and then boom, here comes Edge's music coming out and uh, AJ and Edge get the jobber, uh, AJ and Rey Mysterio get the jobber's interest as they kick off this heavyweight championship first round triple threat match. Um, And I found that interesting that Edge gets the TV open and uh, AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio get jobber entrances where they're already in the ring. Um, unless I missed it, but you know, it was no, you didn't. You know, I was I was going like, wait, what? Because I, if I'm honest, I, I watched on replay because um, I had an opportunity to go listen to live music last night, so I did. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, wait, what? Like I rewound it three times, going, okay, no. And I thought that was like, well, fine, they want Edge to win because I think we've talked about that. Edge, you know, this is Edge's last run. Give him one more time, to, you know, shout the title, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, well, you guys watched. What do you guys think? How did you feel this match went for a triple threat match? Because, I mean, sometimes these can be either really good or they can be very wheels off. And I think one interesting thing is we almost had, between the two triple threat matches, it was like a difference in styles, literally. Um, you know, you had this match, which was more high-flying guys, and then you had a few more brawling brutes in the other match for for lack of a better phrase and how do you feel these this match specifically went did you did you really like it did you feel like it was a clusterfuck or something in between uh chris what about you when you started off for us okay so first of all yeah i mean aj styles not getting an entrance in the south is just a weird choice to begin with like you're in tennessee i mean nobody's going to get the ovation that aj styles is basically so I mean, if you're going to give somebody the entrance music, give it to AJ. But I, I think that if I'm if I'm AJ Styles, I'm just fine with how the night turns out. Uh, you know, but um, yeah, as far as the match goes, um, it was a decent triple threat. I think that triple threat matches in general are hard to are hard to judge. They're hard to really get right. And um, when when you when you get a triple threat right, it's really good. Like the, I've seen some triple threat matches and been like, "Holy shit!" That, I mean, you you couldn't have made it that good with two guys, right? It was mm-hmm. it was better because of the third person. 
But I think that as a percentage, I think triple threats are generally more clunky and more difficult to really to really get into. Um, I felt that way a little bit about this match. Really cool moves. I like all three of these guys a lot. They all have some they all have some popularity and some heat and some story behind them. So it wasn't like I was just bored offhand. But I think that in terms of percentages. Uh, triple threats are basically like the top 5% are excellent and everything else is really hard to is really hard to get a really good match out of and that's kind of how I felt about this wrestling match okay all right uh Jimmy what do you think what was your take on this match I think it was a good match especially for TV it was a good three-way TV match that's what it was everyone uh you could tell like it was it was a lot of shot calling if you know what I mean like you know but it was a good match. I think all three had good chemistry. All the sequences were pretty spot on. Apparently, there was a botch that Jeff pointed out. Um, and he will, I guess, shortly. But no, I thought it was a good TV match. Okay. Jeff, what do you think? Um, I mean, I noticed the lack of entrances, but it doesn't bother me because I definitely suffer from entrance overdose. And I think the WWE has entrance overdose. I mean, these entrances, some of them are five or six minutes uh, you know, so I think it's dead time. I'd rather have a jam-packed show than, than not see the entrances. Plus, they, you know, already knew what the results were going to be, so they knew AJ was going to get his entrance. I, I think that Edge, if anyone's going to get as big an entrance, uh, a pop as AJ, it's going to be Edge, and he got a huge pop. And all week, they've been wanting you to think Edge is going to win this thing. Edge cut that promo. He put it on all social media, talking about how he never lost this title 12 years ago. And you know what people like to, to make history and repeat history. On the anniversary of the 12 years ago when Edge had to surrender the title due to injury. That he never lost. His, his, <laughs> the, the, right, they never lost. His, his miraculous you know, comeback uh, consummates in him having a shot at the, the, the... Anyway, I thought the match was really well choreographed. I think they did a really good job. I really like when Edge put the educator on AJ and he kept, I mean, mm. on uh, Ray, and he kept looking back to make sure where AJ Styles was. That's showing that wrestlers aren't idiots. He's not the stupid baby face. He's looking, he's mm -hmm. looking, and he's going, he's like yelling at Ray, tap, tap, tap. And then he, you know, timed it just right while AJ was still woozy, put him in the educator. I thought all that was really good. I thought everything was good until the penultimate spot where Ray is coming off the top rope. And Edge is supposed to catch him in what I assume was supposed to be catching him and putting him into a DDT or a cutter or something, but he didn't. He he never went down. He just sort of like went like this, and so like you know the bottom part of his bicep, you know, sort of hit grazed Mysterio on top of the head. And commentary didn't know what the fuck to say, and so I said, "Well, I think that Edge countered. It wasn't clear what happened." But AJ just fell down. Edge turned around and got the phenomenal form. So it's a shame that that spot happened because it was really awkward. It was almost like something that uh, Ra uh, Raquel Gonzalez did later on with Dakota Kai and, and her match. Like it was like a it was like an amateurish botch from two people who are amateurs. Unfortunately, when you're like 47 and 49, maybe you don't want to uh, you know fall down too many times unnecessarily. But mm. aside from that, and this is that's a big aside. Aside from that, I thought it was a really good match and. You know, and it was interesting because AJ had been out for so long, and you know, lots of people have been speculating he's still sort of injured. He's he's well enough to go on TV, and and you know, but he did the phenomenal form a couple of weeks ago on TV. If you can do that, I mean, what what can and you? He, do? he was so resting was, a lot of the match too. If you if you think back to it as well, 
Yeah, and I, I, I had two matches tonight. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, prior exactly. to this, but even a, a couple of weeks ago, he did the phenomenal forum. I can't even remember against two, but he did it. Uh, I, th- I think it was on Raw even. Uh, and I heard podcasters saying, "Well, there, you know, his his ankle still isn't good. They're still testing." Well, you don't test it by doing a phenomenal forum. Like <laughs> no. you, you, yeah. you, you, you test it, be- you know, beforehand. So anyway, so it was a bit of a surprise there. Ray's gotten plenty of flowers. You know, Edge has been in a lot of, you know, high stakes things. Listen, they want this World Heavyweight Championship to be a workhorse champion. And so AJ, you know, on the other bracket, you have Seth. I mean, we don't know if AJ wins yet, although we do because we're after the show. But those are two workhorses. So, you know, they're, you know, so Edge with his promo doing it. Roman, when he left earlier, staring at that, coveting that belt. They're trying to, they're, they're trying to. Get out of the money. They're trying to tell you that the top wrestlers, the top tier echelon wrestlers, think that title's more. So stop calling it consolation prize. Stop calling evil though. Stop calling it the real fake world championship. <laughs> right. Who's evil right. though? What? Who are you talking yeah. about? Well, some jabroni. Well, some jabroni. <laughs> All right. Uh, sometimes you, you know. I, you know. I, I agree. This was a this was an intriguing match. Um, I love the storytelling of everybody trying to get their thing in, and always something happened where. You know, Ray couldn't get the six one nine. He couldn't get the six one. He kept trying, and someone would interfere, or something would happen, and you know, Edge would try to do something, or AJ would try to do something, and just something would happen every time because these guys are just you know into each other's business. It was it was good storytelling. It kept you on your edge of the seat. Honestly, going in, Ray was the one I thought that was definitely not going to get the win here. But you know, because of because of Edge being in this match, I was like. Ugh. You could see them giving it to Edge, you know, like you said. I know you said it's a workhorse match, but you know, we can see he's gaining hype. Edge, people starting to think Edge is going to be the one to actually yeah. possibly win it all. But, but I mean, also too, you could see Edge do maybe a, a two, three month run with it and then give it up, you know, and then be right. done for you know that kind of thing. Uh, but you know, I you know, with this the start of it, that's the question. Do you want this to go on a guy who's a workhorse who's going to hold it for six months to eight months, nine months, maybe even longer to build that prestige? Or do you give it to somebody like Edge who gives it instant prestige and you can drop it after about a couple of months? You know, uh, but going with AJ having this win in this match, honestly, I was a little surprised because, you know, like we have talked about, there was talk of looking for him injured. He'd been out for a very long time. And normally WWE doesn't put somebody who's been out like this for a very long time in a prominent position. They kind of take him off and let him do their thing. And to see this win, I like the win here. I thought it was good, and I think it really did a lot for AJ, especially coming back, and now we know why. The OC and everybody and Luke and Gallows have gotten their push for the last two weeks because it was a buildup for this, because it makes it go, okay, This not only is these guys back, but AJ's back. This is a serious faction for SmackDown to be a part of. And I did find it interesting. Ray was in his blue. Um, AJ was in his blue. And then Edge was in his white. You know, it just yeah. like, you know, it is a, the, the outfit choices were very... But it was white with blue, though, with Edge. Yeah, it was yeah. baby blue highlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's just like the, those little subtle things of everybody going, oh, okay, we're on team, you know, team blue now. Let's do this. You know, and after the last couple of weeks with AJ not really having a lot of blue or coming out in those blue like 1970s, uh, you know, shorts that he had on last week uh, on top of his red and everything else, you know, just looking all weird. Uh, But at the end of the day, 
very interesting final. I liked the end. I liked the choice of AJ here. And I felt like this was a fun match. Was it a great match? No. Not really, but this was a good start to the show. And something different. We Again, no real recaps, no real talking. It was, hey, let's hit it. Let's do it. Very yeah. cool start. Good start to the show. And a good start to get everybody involved with it. So uh, I, I give it a thumbs up for this. But then after this, then we get our, of course, we can't go on a WWE show without a recap because after aj wins then we have the replay of Sami Zayn and jay uso and the tag team titles and you know all that fun stuff um and we have more of that stuff going on as we see sheamus making the way to the ring so let's go and then we find out bianca belair is going to have her championship celebration tonight because she was a former tennessee volunteer you know so that's why we're having her Celebration of the longest reign of holding a women's title makes sense, cool. And of course, in the, the modern moment, era, in the modern era, and the moment that is said, you know, something is going to happen, so this is going to get all fucked up. I can, mean, can we what is the modern era? Because Nikki Bella beat, beat AJ uh, AJ Lee's record. So is it after Nikki Bella lost the title? Is that when the modern era started? Because that was like five years ago. <laughs> Who knows? I don't even begin to know anymore. You know okay. the. Or maybe in the 2000s? It's not just me, because, you know, I, I do watch a lot of wrestling, and, and I, I mean, I agree that we are in, a, in the modern era right now. I'm just not sure when it started, when I'm, like, I remember distinctly the debates around Nikki Bella not deserving and not, and not deserving to beat AJ Lee, which is ridiculous, because no Nikki Bella, no anything. I mean, Nikki Bella is the greatest of all time. Um, <laughs> men, woman, animal, chimera, god, <laughs> goddess, deity, material. <laughs> All of them. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, the one thing I do have to say about this is uh, the in-between match segments uh, tonight were very hit or miss. Um, you know, like you had this great match and then it felt like a complete blanket let thrown on top of the show with these replays and recaps and everything like that. And then you roll into, hey, let's get Sheamus in here. Um, then let's get Bobby Lashley in here. And let's get, you know, Austin Theory in here. Um, it, it's, again, uh, this is where I agree with you, Jeff, when you said, you know, the, the intros and everything. It's like, okay, the, you know what? I do appreciate the fact that we just had the one intro for the first match. I thought it was weird, but I'm fine with it. It's the start of the show. You want to get into it. You have time constraints. And then you have this match where you, Sheamus gets his full intro, Bobby gets his full intro, and and then Austin gets his full intro, and I'm just going, okay, cool. Well, let's get started now. And now this is the match where I'm like, well, we know Austin's gonna not win. Not that because... it really matters, but Bobby didn't get his full intro. We we came back from commercial; he was already basically in the ring. Okay. Well, I I remember hearing the music and everything, and then he got about half his intro, okay. which did, I'm not complaining. It. Again, I'm yeah, all for half. it. I, right. It's about time they, you know, if they were if they're going to bombard us with these advertisements and recaps, that they don't also waste our time with intros. Right. Yeah. And so, but getting this match started, you know, after following the first one into a triple threat, you know, um, basically match, match, match. We have the winner being um, Bobby Lashley uh, coming from this. This was what I call the big boy match. You know, <laughs> not that Austin Theory's a big boy; he's pretty jacked, but. Sheamus and Bobby Lashley make him look like a very small man. You know, I mean, 
Well, but Seamus and Bobby Lashley will do that to any man that stands that they stand next to. Um, there was Seamus. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but Seamus does his whole Celtic Warrior workouts where he goes and he goes to different WWE people's workouts. The the one Bobby Lashley did, I thought Seamus was gonna die. Like really? like Bobby's Lashley's warm up killed killed Seamus. No like shit. His warm up was like he goes, okay, that's my warm up. He's like, the fuck? Like wow. Seamus was like, holy shit! Like Bobby Lashley's Lashley, a freak, man. Look, he really is. And I mean, just some of these guys who, when you when you watch Seamus, you watch the thing and you watch his warrior workout. You realize the athletes that WWE has and some of the beats that they have are incredible. Absolutely. And so watching this match, like the moments where it was just Bobby and Sheamus, I was like, I did not realize I wanted this match and just as a you know Bobby Sheamus match until right now. And I really like this. I thought they did well together. I really felt like when those two were in the ring together, it was, you know, again, I, and I believe this is again Sheamus bringing someone up. To that level this has been his consistency for the last four to five years where he makes someone in the ring with him look good you know and then uh he did look a little gassed though that's what kind of worried me about sheamus he well and i mean tired by the end of it well yeah but i mean you think about it, sheamus is the workhorse of this show like how many times has this man come out and wrestled in the last few months and put on i hate to say it banger after banger after banger and <laughs> banger race, after and, banger but well, he, raising he was also the level, the ring general of this, yeah, he was. He was absolutely yeah. was. That's in fact. Yeah, he really uh, was. Of, yeah. Let's think about it. Of everybody in that ring, I'm not giving Austin Theory the you know his call in the match, and sure as hell not doing yeah. Bobby Lashley. Uh, Sheamus is going to be the one who's going to be calling this. Shit. I don't think Lashley's good at calling matches anyway. You can just sort of no, tell. no, no, no. Bobby is a reaction wrestler. Wrestler, exactly. he wants to be told what to do. Well, let me tell you, yeah. Bobby's good at everything. But you know, because <laughs> this finish spot was was Sheamus, he, he was he was he was the right one to do it. I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 So okay, so, but uh, let's let's start with Jimmy. What about you? What what was your takeaways from this match? It was good. Again, it was a great TV match. It was stiff. It, I loved uh, Theory's drop kick, that double drop kick that he does, mm. especially how he caught Sheamus right on the side of the head, man, on the ear, like perfect, just boom. I think other than Kazuchika Okada. He's got the best drop kick in the game right now. I was about to say. Okada still has Jimmy. We don't know what you just said. Well, understand this exactly. Fuck you, as as John knows how to do (laughs) better than me. But no, really, Theory's drop kick, the best other than Okada's right now. I didn't ask what college you went to. God damn it! Seriously, Jeff. Nah. But anyway, but um, I was surprised that that um. What's it called? That he got the win. Bobby. Because, as in Lashley, right? Because I was expecting Theory to actually win this match in many ways, man. What's so funny? <laughs> you, said, you're like, uh, the guy got the win. I said, Bobby, you're like, as, yeah, as in Lashley. <laughs> yeah, there was, Bobby no Lashley Bobby there was no other Bobby in the match. So it's <laughs> Bobby Lashley. Well, no, because, yeah, it was Lashley that won the match. But it would have been good for Sheamus to get his flowers in some ways. Oh, come on now. No, but I thought it would have been good for Sheamus to sort of get his flowers and win the match. But like I said, I thought Theory, he didn't get the win. Lashley gets the win and cuts himself hard way. Well, I mean, I think, too, the only uh, a logical outcome of this match, Jimmy, is is Bobby Lashley. 
because we're trying to elevate him and move him away from the United States. But did States it really title. elevate him, though? I mean, you're getting the point is you're getting him there. You know, Sheamus has had his run. You know, Sheamus's big thing was the Intercontinental title. That's been his focus. You know, yeah. uh, he's he's been there. You need him to maintain and be that gatekeeper for the mid card. You know, level. You needed Bobby to move forward and 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 you know be that next level guy to start building. We know he's a main event talent, but the way that he's been treated the last few times, this you know, we need to move him forward. Austin Theory's already got a belt. He doesn't need another one. We're not going to have him try to compare the U.S. title to the newly you know minted uh, heavyweight title belt or whatever. If you do that, it's going to make it look like cheap it's shit. Break it down. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, the only logical outcome from this one is Bobby Lashley. Now, the way they told the story with this match was really good, but the only logical outcome was, damn it, Bobby, was was that was that outcome. So, uh, Chris, what about you? What do you think about this match? What, what was your takeaways? Uh, I actually preferred this to the first triple threat. I thought this was a better match. Um, I think that, you know, as you've already mentioned, I think Sheamus is really great in terms of how he puts matches together. He just gets it at this point. He's been doing it for long enough that I think he really understands how to get reactions from crowds and how to tell a cohesive story in the ring. Um, Bobby Lashley is an absolute freak of genetics. I mean, you know, him and Scott Steiner in his prime, you put those two together, and those are those are basically the genetic freaks of professional wrestling. Yeah. Um, how old is Bobby Lashley? I mean, he's damn near... He's mid-40s. He's 40s. He's, yeah, he's, 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 he's in four, his... He's 46 now? Yeah, he's in his mid forties, and he still looks like a god. Yeah. So you know, oh, I mean, he fuck. he has to work hard at it and everything, but I mean, good for him. Like, look at that. Yeah, and guy. his body still looks tight too. So like, he okay. Yeah. So I'm forty. He's forty six because he was two years old. He's two years older than me. He's born in seventy six. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just incredible. Um, Austin Theory. Um, I like the kid. I think he's talented. Um, I'm not sure I see what Vince McMahon sees in him, but I mean, he's, he's definitely a guy you want on the card and you want to see where he can go. Right. I would have liked personally in terms of the elevation of the title in that I would have really liked to have seen just a quick, even 15 second video package of him backstage or something staring at that world heavyweight championship. Mm-hmm. Right? He's got the U S belt over his shoulder, but he's just staring fixated at that world heavyweight title because that helps to elevate the title again, right? That helps right. to say like, okay, the U S champion is the U S champion, but he really wants this belt. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think that they can still do something like that before the finals. Um, but, uh, but I'd like to see something like that where it looks like the other people involved are going, Hey, like that's the one I want. Right. You know, but, um, but I really like this match. I thought it was a really, really good uh, cohesive three-way match. And uh, yeah, flowers for all three of these guys, as far as I'm concerned. And I mean, I didn't particularly like the opening triple threat, but that's not to suggest that I think that any of the three of those guys don't deserve all of the love that they receive and then some. They're all great performers. Right. Yeah, and here, get this interestingly. So for the main event match that would happen later, you have Bobby Lashley, who's 46, AJ Styles, who's 45. Yeah, wow. And June 2nd, he'll have a birthday, so he'll be 46. AJ, uh, Bobby Lashley will be 47 in July. So your main event had two guys in their mid forties last night, you know, and then in this triple threat, Austin Theory, of course, is twenty five. Well, so, Austin Theory was the only one that's under like forty four. I mean, I think Sheamus was the youngest one in the, out of all the matches. Sheamus is forty five as well. 
Forty-five. So Ray is like forty-seven. Edge is—is is he fifty yet? He's forty-eight. Uh, forty-eight, I think. 48, 48. Ray Ray is forty-eight. Um, and well, uh, uh, let's see. Edge is forty-nine. Shit. Um, wow. Yeah. So let's see. And I think Seamus. I said. I think Seamus. I said he was. You said forty-six. Oh, forty-five for Seamus. So, um. Yes. So. so He's. I mean, everyone in the match except for Austin Theory was forty-five or older. Right, and then just as a, a counter um, on the Raw side, Seth Rollins is thirty-six years old. So whoever wins at the end of the night, which we know who wins because we mentioned it. Um, so you've got someone who's ten years younger than AJ Styles, who they're, who's going to be facing That's him. Crazy for it, you know? man. Right, that, that, yeah. that is nuts to think that even I mean even Rollins when you think about it he's starting to get up there in age too. I mean, there's quite a few wrestlers actually on the roster that are standard reach forty, but I mean now forty feels like the new thirty in Listen, terms of when, sports. When even turned heel with the NWA. I think he, he was, was in his mid forties. Right, everybody thought he was washed at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't that amazing when you think about it? I mean. It's crazy, but, but I think I think the thing you have to remember is this: one, you know, nutrition and training have become come a long way, as well as sure, learning yeah. about muscle, learning about recovery. But two, these guys are learning to work smarter too. They're not taking, yeah. you know, they're they're saving the ridiculous bumps for when it matters most, not you know, for a house show in Paducah, Kentucky. And that's um, one if, thing. If Michael Jordan, too. if Michael Jordan would have played in today's NBA with all of the nutrition and everything and the training and all that. He, he probably would have been a 10-time champion. I mean, oh, yeah. legitimately, he probably would have been a 10-time champion. Oh, yeah. You know, he, he, he would have been, been a 10-time top. champion if he didn't take those two years off in the middle. That's true, too. You know, probably after, yeah. Yeah, which conspiracy theories say that the NBA made him because of his gambling Because of his dad, and apparently his dad got no, no. murdered because yeah, of, uh, because that, of that conspiracy. Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah, because the NBA wanted him out of the NBA. Yeah, sure. I know. Right. That doesn't yeah. so dumb. Does not. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, NBA right. desperately yeah. wanted Michael Jordan to go away. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Go Why play your baseball. Guy? <laughs> right. I right. mean, it, every conspiracy at the end should make, should make sense because it gains you power and or money. This this, this did neither. Well, it gave yeah. the NBA power and since over the players. One hundred by you know, but if you want to take it that right that way, but um, space lasers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, you know I, the fact that how did how did uh, you guys feel about Bobby getting color in this match? I I so thought it was an was accident. Great. I mean, you know, it was hard way, but listen. Bobby Lashley not only looks like a comic book character in drawn with all the muscles bulging over the muscles lines everywhere, <laughs> yeah. But, but he gets injured like one too. Like his head, his like head immediately swells. He got like that. He got like that full like Borg, you know, slice on the top oh, of shit. his head. All that muscle yeah. and veins, man. His blood would be boiling at the top. If you I know mean, what I mean. His skin is literally like like trace uh, trace paper thin. It's like yeah. paper thin skin. I. I it, just the, yeah, I, I thought it was great. The whole thing was a great visual. He's bleeding all over the place. They tried to glue it shut. He's, he's still bleeding on uh, AJ in match number two. And, and theory and, in match number one. And by the, the way, here's, here's another way that Wade is great. Because 
you know, Pat McAfee went to the waiters like, I've given blood, and they tell you that that you you have to rest and not do any active, take any extra strenuous yeah. activity for 24 hours. And here's Bobby Lashley lost two points of blood Putting in the last match, doing it right now. The, the, those chances don't look good. Good and luck with that. announcer's yeah. job, though, to right do that. That's what announcers should always be doing. Them. He protected right. them right then and there. Right. Right, exactly. Which you know, whether that was intentional or not, it made for a great. Oh, story. It was intentional. It was intentional. No, no, I mean like. Oh, the blood you mean? Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, that wasn't. To 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 have that to explain what was going to happen at the end of the night, to have that and be smart enough to do it. You know, that's how Jimmy. That's how an announcer covers a guy exactly. and not shits on him in the middle of the show. Like I we talked about you. the last time. I yeah, agree with you 100%, exactly. but I don't agree with you with Zelina Vegas still, though. I'm sorry. I just Look, don't. The only reason why anybody... <laughs> We're talking about Lashley here and Zelina Vegas. Come on. Well, the only reason why we watch Zelina Vegas to make to see if she's going to spill out of her top. That's the only reason why. You know? <laughs> she's got a good uh, set, that's for sure. But, all right, so then we... Like, again, then we go back. Oh, Roman Reigns locker room. Hey, here we go. Um, and then we... We, they make the brilliant analysis that we wouldn't have figured out that AJ Styles will face Bobby Lashley in the semifinals at the end of the night. Really? Holy shit, I didn't figure that out. And then, oh my God. Look, I already do not like this douche nozzle. We had Adam Pierce on the phone when Grayson Waller comes in and, hey, the Grayson Waller effect will be on the show next week. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's fucking tops, you know? So, John, stop. Please. We're going to have the <laughs> Grayson Waller effect on. I mean, I'm we actually sorry. do have an Australian on the show. At least let him do the Grayson Waller bit. No. no that's <laughs> yeah. the whole point. Let, that's let the me whole impersonate point. an Australian from an Australian. Yeah. I tend to do that all the time. Well, no, because no, if you let no, because if you let Jimmy do it, he'll he'll spend six minutes trying to tell us how it's not Grayson Walla, it's Grayson Walla. Right. <laughs> Nobody can understand what he's fucking trying to say. Yeah. No difference. No. What are you fucking saying? Uh, yeah. Jimmy? It's Grayson yeah, exactly. Walla, Chris. <laughs> right. Not Grayson Walla. Yeah. yeah. No, Zagras. Zagras. Yes, something like that. So, but no, in all seriousness, I just want to apologize on behalf of all of all of Australia on Grace and Wally here, man. This was this was cheesy, and it already feels, you know, that main roster sort of bullshit that's thrown on him. Like he just comes across a total fake right now. You know Australian what I mean? Just not somebody told you so, told the world so the entire time. Yeah, he's a lot better than that, Jeff. You know that. Wh- which Jimmy are you now? <laughs> I mean, literally, you should you should be like one of those angels that has four heads, and you just spin the head when you say when you say different things. Like one, Grace Hall, so, he, he looks terrible oh. in the main roster. Spin your head around, Jeff no, is no, better he, than you think. He looks terrible in terms of the way they've already portraying him on the main roster on he's NXT. The same, I enjoyed him on the main roster as he was on no, NXT. no, no. But he's just he, he, he just comes shirt. across as more fake, if you know what I'm saying. Like just just bullshit, like overhyping for nothing. Like, Welcome can I to have the main fucking? Roster. Right, exactly. That's my point. You know what I mean? And I don't like how they're already doing that. Ah, come on, man. Look, we'll we'll see what happens. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now. It's only been his first appearance. This doesn't make sense because he hated Shawn Michaels. Adam Pierce gave him what he wants, so he's happy. But it's the same guy, though. Big deal. Yeah, it he is. He comes in asking, "Oh, can I fucking uh, interview fucking the winner of this match? Right? Shouldn't he be asking? I want to wrestle this guy for the belt or some shit? Not fucking for show in a confident manner." Whatever. Anyway, man. speaking of like NXT it. and overrated, we have our next match, which is uh, Cameron Grimes versus oh. Baron Corbin. 
Uh, <laughs> to the look, moon he went. Yeah, like literally, Cor- Corbin gets on the mic, insults, uh, insults Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes hits his finisher, the cave in, and one, two, well, three. Why is it the cave in? Why isn't it the crater in at this point? <laughs> the cave in was when he looked like a well, cave man. Now he's now he's to the moon, so it should be the crater in. Look. WWE doesn't make well, changes moonfall. until like you know. Oh, Moonfall would be a good one. I like that. Yeah, that would be Moonrock. Uh, no, Moonfall is better, I think. Um, well, but we have more than one move, so we can have more names. True, <laughs> true. But you know, this this is how this ends. The look. The only reason why I like this is because the embarrassment of Corbin Aaron Corbin continue. Um, I feel for you now, dude. Was a complete waste of time, but. It's not a. Is it a waste of time when you no. embarrass Baron Corbin? No, and the crowd loved it. So, I feel so bad I mean, for him. Now. As opposed to ninety percent of the NXT call-ups that got no response at the beginning, middle, or end of their matches, and most of them still get zero response seven months into the experiment. Cameron Grimes got a bit of a reception at the end, but he got a big pop when he won, and that's how you properly do a and, squash match when it's not supposed to be a giant power guy killing a, a nobody. And that, as a matter of fact. He got cheered initially. Once his music started hitting, the, the people actually kind of cheered for him when he initially came out. So, yeah, I mean, maybe there is something to him. We'll see, though. I, I'm but not anybody, confident, though. Anybody's going to cheer uh, when it's Baron Corbin in the ring and someone else comes out. Like, <laughs> I guess. That's anybody's going to be like, oh, Do you think he'll God. get released? No, he's, look, he's playing his role. You say, I feel sorry for him. Why would you feel sorry for him? He's he's on TV just about every week. So he's making money and he's doing what he's told. Look, you do what you do, and then eventually you're going to be proven the good soldier, and, and he's getting taken care of. There is nothing, nothing going on where I would be like, mm, okay, it's a sweet gig for Baron Corbett. Look, yeah, he I showed mean, he up cool last night and he was in the ring for 30 seconds and got paid <laughs> his full salary. No, no, he got sure. paid for Definitely. 30 seconds worth of work, Jimmy. What's wrong with that? Like, Not true. I mean, if you and, do uh, shit. And, and hey, AEW, this is how you debut a guy who you want to make a star. Just That's so we're clear. Too. Just so we're clear. <laughs> but, 15 minute matches against Commander? No. 30 second <laughs> yeah. squash matches against somebody who's six foot five and 280 pounds? Yes. That's what AEW do, man. They, they The big guys always lose. You know that, Chris. Come on. Well, true, true <laughs> that. So, you know, uh, that's all that needs to be said about this match, right? And then we have another package of Cody Rhodes is going to face Brock Lesnar again at Night of Champions because the I Saudis want a match! <laughs> because the Saudis have to have their, you know, Brock Cody Lesnar. and uh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, look, oh, Brock Lesnar, he is back. <laughs> And we do Brock Lesnar <laughs> with Cody Rhodes and Cody Rhodes humble him and break his back and fuck him in the ass. <laughs> you know? I don't want to again. I thought the first match was good, and of course we're going to get a second match. And if it's going to be on on the Night of Champions PLA, great. I don't care that the Saudis want Brock Lesnar. I want Brock Lesnar too. So I'm glad to have a royal family on my side. I want that Brock Lesnar and that Cody. I break him. I break him back and fuck him in the ass. <laughs> we all work sure. for Bin Hamin. Let let him yeah. stick. Yalla. Let him stick to the to the Middle Eastern dialect. Look, I'm doing Iron Sheik. Okay, I'm. Uh, you I'm sound like Don Tony. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> does does he know who hey, Don Tony? Hey, oh, I'm not. Do, I'm not Don Tony. You know what I mean? Uh, hey, he done it not bad. Yeah. So quite good. <laughs> I, I, look, I I don't look. I just you know I, what I, business. 
I'm a businessman. Hey, we're going to talk business. Right, hey, we'll hey I'm, talking here. I'm talking here. I'm talking here, right? I'm talking here. Look, it's not that I don't necessarily want to see it, but I feel like this is already too, like, I wanted to give it some 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 breathing room. You know, it, it needed a little bit of space. But because it's that idea of Cody was saying, I've slayed the beast so I can move forward. So then it, it negates that story. You know, that I've beat Brock Lesnar. I've slayed that beast so I can move forward. It feels like it's a step back. Like, then you haven't. So is it that he's got to kill Brock Lesnar at this point now? Yes. To move forward? So, which Roman Reigns hasn't he done. He didn't really slay the beast, though. He snuck past the beast. So the beast the beast is still chasing. But Brock is only ever going to be beaten. He's he's never going to be beaten cleanly or slayed by Cody Rhodes. The, this, it's not going to happen. You know. I mean, yeah. yeah this Roman is a, a bit out. of an interesting dilemma because this could get X Park heat on Cody if he wins again. If you think about it, listen, it, people at some point are going to realize this is just Cody Rhodes. So I've been saying this all along. So I, I'm fine with him staying away from anything major at, the, at this point. But if they actually have, like, what they should do is like a, a anything goes match, and Cody actually does slay the beast, but it's sort of the way Bad Bunny's slayed Damian Priest. Hmm. I don't know if I like it. You don't like anything. What oh, about you, Chris? What are your thoughts? Because I saw you made some faces when some things were said. So what do you think? Of course, it was when Jimmy said ridiculous things. So <laughs> Blame Jimmy. Yes. Well, that's what we do here. Um, no, but uh, yeah, listen, I think that uh, you can get him a cleaner win against Brock Lesnar. Um not necessarily just he's going to hit him with a crossroads, you know, one, two, three, and nothing's going to happen. Because I don't think you want to do that to Brock Lesnar. Because as mm-hmm. Jeff has said a number of times, I mean, in case of emergency, you know, break break glass, grab Brock Lesnar. So you want to have him waiting around. You want to have him there still in case you need to do something big, in case you need an immediate, um, you know, influx of of excitement and interest you go get brock lesnar to come back but Mm -hmm. you can have him get a cleaner win right again it can be a situation where it's you know uh uh brock brings in a chair but cody's the one but cody's the one who winds up uh using it and getting the win that's still cleaner that still comes off as more of a i slayed the beast than the quick roll-up that he did at backlash which i thought was brilliant anyway Mm -hmm. um and no i mean of course, like this is still good for Cody Rhodes as far as this, as far as Cody Rhodes goes. He's still, you know, in this, this, it, he's still in this back and forth against uh, the guy who's been basically the standard of professional wrestling in WWE since he beat Undertaker's streak. Like he's still in there against a big deal. And as long as he still gets the win, as long as, or I mean, even if he even if he has to take a loss to Brock Lesnar, but it's but it's uh, there's shenanigans and everything. You can still keep telling the story of Cody Rhodes attempting to climb the mountain and attempting to get better and attempting to get to the point where he finally can take the belt off of Roman Reigns. You know, I, there's nothing but good here. I don't see anything bad for Cody Rhodes. It's Cody. definitely the road to Cody going to SmackDown, though ending up at SmackDown. One hundred percent. That's what's going to happen. Okay. All right, uh, Jeff. What do you think? Is this is this too soon, or is it more? Are you more along the lines of Chris? No, I mean I I spoke on this before, Chris. So I don't. I don't yeah, I would just be repeating myself. 
Okay. All right. Well, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to keep stuff straight sometimes is a little hard for me. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's go forward with this. Uh, look, I, we see Roman and Reigns making his way to the ring because it's going to take him 15 minutes because why not? And then you go to a commercial break and come back. But why we had to say, hey, Bianca Belair is going to celebrate her thing right before the bloodline comes out. Like, sometimes the way they do things, I don't understand. I don't, like, you have Roman Reigns coming out. Why did you feel it was necessary to say, hey, don't forget, later tonight, Bianca Belair, we're going to celebrate her record-breaking. Well, to hometown, to be fair. But, uh, yeah, I mean, but this is TV, Jimmy. Like this. Is, I know, I know. They're I'm not announcing this in the arena. But, right, like, right. this is TV. Like, you have literally Roman Reigns, the biggest name that you have on any roster that you have for WWE, coming out, and yet you feel the need to do that, right? Yeah. I agree. At that point, the right thing to do for commentary is to just powder out, shut the fuck up. Exactly. Just shush, okay? Yeah. Let the guy with the greatest reign in the modern era come out with his fucking belts and just shut up and let him do it. That's right. the best thing you can do as a commentary team. Right. And this is this is where WWE shows their overproduction sometimes, where they they overproduce things. That's that's been that's been I think sometimes a problem with WWE is they don't know when to let for lack of a better better phrase to steal from Ben Hamin, shut up, shut the fuck up and listen. Sometimes your commentary does not need to say anything. Sometimes it just needs to shut the fuck up and you need to listen to the crowd and hear what it has to say and let them know what they have to do. Well, so, Jimmy for listening because now he's got two heads. Oh, yes. Yeah, look, the tribal chief is with me. He's he's joined. I'm just glitching out in the air. mouth speak when, when you're going to say the opposite <laughs> of what you yeah. seconds earlier. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be but, funny, actually. Hey, so... It, this Hey look, hey, look, it's the before and after picture for Stevie's uh, new exercise program. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good oh, one. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> plastic surgery See, commercial. Look, look, look what like he used to look like. Now look at him. He's beautiful. Right. He's very ugly. Give him a red stripe I, here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Acknowledge me, damn it. Hey, hey, Roman Reigns isn't that bad. Come on. No. <laughs> yeah. No. I don't think I'm that ugly. Really? You are very ugly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, All right, so you know we had this we had this really you know really long but good segment I felt where you know Roman talks about everything going on um, and he I talks. I thought we were going to talk about the Bianca segment. No, 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 no. no. That's, that's after. Because that's, that's after. Yeah. That's after this. Um, I'm just telling you, I was confused. But, which uh, again, this is, this is a <laughs> like you had this and then you have this following it up. And it's like what the fuck are y'all doing? Why? Um, so, you know, basically Roman runs down everything. It's been since WrestleMania since he's appeared. Um, and that, you know, he, he who stepped up, Solo stepped up. Uh, and he talks about, you know, what's happening. And Solo swims like a shark. He handled Riddle. And Sammy starts chanting. And he says, uh, that's not a problem. They're, they're not the problem at all. And then he turns to the, the problem are, are your brothers. And everybody, of course, the crowd goes, ooh, as if we didn't know this was going to happen, where he's going to do that. And Jimmy and Jay look uneasy. And then he basically talks about he was mad at them because um, they dedicated a tag team match to him and they lost. And he's like, I'm the greatest single competitor of all time. You disrespected the bloodline by dedicating a match to me? You know, and uh, which, again, it's like, I, lo I love it. It's, it's so good. He's like, I, I can't believe you even did that. And um, 
and like they're gonna go talk and and they, he goes to apologize and this is the only thing I'm gonna hear come out of your mouth is I'm sorry or I apologize my travel thief um, and Jimmy starts to laugh which upsets Roman and look th- this whole thing was so good and then Paul Heyman explained things like at one point when it looks like things were gonna pop off Paul Heyman in the background slowly sliding out of the ring to be like. I don't want to be here. This is not my thing. And then when he's like travel chief, he's like, oh, yes. And he tries to have his fight, kind of like sneak back into the ring um, to talk about what, you know, his part of it. And Roman, um, you know, said uh, that the bloodline, at the, uh, the tag team pounds will come home to the bloodline, the night champions. When Kevin Owens, the same thing, will lose tag team pounds too. Solo and your travel chief, Roman Reigns. And the Usos are upset. And Roman says he and Solo will do what they do and hold it down. And he's dedicating the match to the greatest tag team of all time, Afa and Sika, the Wild Samoans. <laughs> and, of course, the Usos are speechless and embarrassed, and everybody walks off. Um, look, this segment was 10 stars. I felt like this was this is some of the best stuff they've done lately. Really, really good. It's gone back to what it should have been. This right. was okay. Sorry, Jimmy. Jimmy, you need to shut up for a second. Okay, you need to be quiet. Okay, L- listen. Listen to me right now, oh, and I'm going to make okay. this point. Okay. First of all, yes, segment was great. It was fantastic, and I'm just going to go ahead and replay it a little bit for you. So, <laughs> so I'm going to ask John because John's the only one aside from me who's allowed to fucking talk right now. Okay, John. <laughs> yes. Sir. What pay per view is this tag team match going to be happening on? Night of Champions, sir. Okay, where is Night of Champions taking place from, John? Saudi Arabia. Okay, so Jeff and Jimmy, who both told me that there was no fucking chance that that Sami Zayn was going to be performing in Saudi Arabia, I want nothing to come out of your mouths for the next few minutes other than, I'm sorry, I acknowledge you, my (laughs) My tribal Go ahead, both of you. I am sorry. What? I acknowledge you, my travel. Well, he's Jay. I'm Jimmy in this case, right? So, fuck you, all right? <laughs> I don't apologize. No, I if, if, if I get something wrong, I say it every single time. I'm not going to be one of those guys who doesn't admit when they're wrong. No, no. But in all, in all seriousness, yeah, no. I apologize. I was wrong. I was dead wrong. I, I can't, I'm shocked. And, I, and I, we came to that realization. I think it was you, Jeff, that mentioned it, as a matter of fact. Because I, I didn't even think about it until Jeff mentioned it. And I'm like, oh, shit. It's true. They, he's wrestling in Saudi Arabia. I guess everybody has a price. What, what, what reason? No, really, though. What reason, other than money, can you think about why he decided to go to Saudi Arabia? Because he was strongly against that for so long, man. I, I think that I mean I mean listen I mean I could be wrong I don't know Sami Zayn on a personal level but I really honestly think that the WWE is serious when they say that part of why they're doing this in Saudi Arabia is to normalize relationships with Saudi Arabia I think that they really I think that that really is something that they think about I mean it might be that there's no way they would have done it unless they got the billions and billions of dollars that they're getting from Saudi Arabia. Right, I strongly course. suspect that that's the case. But I do think that if you can normalize that relationship between Saudi Arabia and the West, it is a good thing. It is something that can lead to progress, even in a place as archaic you know, as the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. I think that you can get some good things from that interaction between the Western world 
and you know what again for a long time has been very archaic kingdoms and i think that saudi arabia i think that the government in saudi arabia does have at least some um some modicum of understanding that they have to start modernizing and i think that you know western companies and western civilization coming in and at least giving them a chance i think is actually a good thing for the world i think that this yeah. really might be a positive step yeah well, i mean if you think about it jimmy congratulations when did, when, did, maybe for that. when did japan start becoming a world power when they finally realized they need to let foreigners into their country of to course right and bring a lot and then we see the growth of how long was japan in a feudal state you know with their country riding horses and arrows and far behind the times and then the moment they've decided you know what? We need to start letting these foreign devils in for their trade and things along those lines. Foreign devils. The <laughs> more we got the Tom Cruise. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, they let Tom Cruise in. That was bad. But, um, but you know, we, we have that idea of this is where we begin to see the change in their culture to look where they are now, you know, technological-wise and, and, and just as far as the GDP and everything that goes with that economy in that country. They are on the next level. Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, that area, it is rife with not only just space for things to do and test, but, you know, not just the oil. Outside of the oil, there are things that can be done there, you know, technological and, and otherwise that you could do because you're you're going to be able to allow and then you're going to bring modernization. That idea, if you want these things, cool, but you've got to meet us where we're at. Right. I mean, that's what they're going to and, and, and so, that's going to benefit the world economy in the long run. So think about this. You've now got a middle point in the world that is known for not only being rich for oil, but a technological and you know societal based uh, place where you can bridge the gap between a lot of places because of their location. Locationally, it makes sense. And econ economically, it makes sense in the long run. I'm just telling you, only one country recently pulled out of the Moon Treaty, and that's the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. uh, despite yeah. not having a space program, one thing they know how to do, one thing they have a lot of, is drills and pipes. <laughs> I don't trust them, though. I don't trust them. And look, hats off to WWE for playing Peacekeeper and essentially being the UN here, right? And playing politics. I mean, they are. They're, this is what they're doing, man. I mean, they're doing everybody a favor. We're trying to, right? But can we really trust the Saudis? They're full of shit. That's the all problem. Right. First of all, they, 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 no one here knows the answer to that. Yeah. But, I mean, for Sammy, in, in the time that he started this protest until now, not only has WWE continued to make $110 million a year right. from this Absolutely. directly, and he not get, you know, a million-dollar paydays every year because of not going. But since then, there's been a golf league that started there that, that's being carried mm -hmm. everywhere. The Formula yeah. One has been there. That's Qatar true. got the football, the, the football, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Qatar got it. There's no difference between the Saudi government and the and the government of Qatar. It's, it's, oh, no, it's, it's the same uh, shit. As a matter of Abu, fact, Saudi Arabia uh, thinks it is part of their country. Dubai and Abu Dhabi are like the biggest playground cities in the world that are not named Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. So, you know, the, the, the world there has changed the world. But whatever it is, maybe he just realized I lost. You know, me, or, me not doing this doesn't mean anything. Or maybe they said we're going to give you a considerable donation to your nonprofit for you know what you do in Syria. Well, does 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 anyone know if Sami Zayn is pro Assad or is he against Assad? Does anyone know? I'm sure he's against Assad, but but I'm sure he. Because no, so are the Saudis. That's why I'm asking. 
Right. Oh yeah, that that could be a point where they're where they're where they're in agreement or something. Right. It might have been a situation. I mean, listen. I mean, you know, in the history of peace between between nations and between peoples, there has been nothing, and I mean nothing, that has worked quite so well as hey, we hate each other, but we hate that guy way more, right? Like that <laughs> yeah. is literally the greatest thing that's ever happened. But the thing is, they're the same race essentially, though. They're all yeah. Arabs at the end of the day. They they're the same yeah. peoples. I don't understand how they, you know. Well, they might be the same Every race, religion. but that doesn't. They might right. be the same race, but that doesn't mean that they're the same culture at all. Exactly. It's the same thing no, with no. Europeans. They're, it's they're they're, you know, Syrians aren't all Arabs. They're mostly they're Alawites as well, and Alawites. In in any event, this probably isn't the time or place, or do you know? Do we have the capability of determining what the Saudi Syrian geopolitics are and how they're like? <laughs> Well, it does relate. The four, the four of us are going to figure out world peace right <laughs> so now. Sammy probably yeah, woke up two, he probably usually wakes up with some back pain, but but one particular week he woke up with back pain three and a half days in a row, and his wife said, "We need to start planning for your retirement, so stop not That's taking what I was one two million dollar payday." <laughs> exactly. And then Ko was like, "You know what? My wife sort of feels the same way." <laughs> this guy make that 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 money, man. Absolutely. Right. Why not? I mean, shit. It's good. Look, and make no mistake about it. Those Saudi fans are going to cheer Sami Zayn. 100%. And I do think that, and I do think that Saudi Arabia has, has like, I, listen, I, I'm, you're not going to find a lot of people who are going to, who are going to be as consistent as I am on like Middle Eastern superpowers and things like that. But Saudi Arabia has actually made a number of strides forward socially in the last five years. Well, we can drive now, Chris. I, I mean, literally though like literally, you, right. people say that and they're like and they say it almost as a joke it's not a fucking joke it's that true i'm being set to shoot right absolutely yeah. it's true yeah so i mean they've got the golf league and they've spent all this money on the football league and they've spent all this you know they've spent a lot of money trying to modernize Ronaldo, only, man. right and not only in a technological way as as was said but in a social manner they are moving forward and that is good so I mean, no. you you if you if you're Sami Zayn, you might say I lost, or you might say, okay, they actually have improved. Well, here's a couple of geopolitical things. They also they didn't join officially, but they also gave permission to about yeah. seven or eight other Arab yeah. countries to join the Abrahamic Accords. They also yeah. agreed to a ceasefire in the Yemeni civil war, which was you know which has been going on for how many years now? Right. So yeah. they have done things, but yeah, they also they also cut back on oil production when the rest of the world needed it the most. But you know, that's <laughs> economic interest. You, you you can sort of separate that. I mean, listen, it's it's not like the, the, it's not like they're the U. You know, the not the International Red Cross or anything. You know, yeah. no. but but yeah, they, they, but they're operating mostly like a state. And and anyway, the, we we it is noteworthy that Sammy and Ko are going. Chris was right. We can move on. I think. I hope. Yeah, yeah. You know, Are we talking about Roman? <laughs> yeah. So you know, but this segment. I mean, Jeff, what did you think about this segment? How did you? How did you like it? I did like it. I, I mean, I, you know, it, it, it's what everyone sort of thought was coming. It also give puts the champions on the Saudi show, but Roman's not defending his universal undisputed title, so it's putting the spotlight on this new world heavyweight championship. That, that needs a little bit of a rub, and it's getting it, but the show still has Roman. So, I mean, people will complain he's not defending his belt on it. Shut up. The, the, you know, I prefer this. He's great. It's yeah, intriguing. This, this continues the story with 
Sammy and KO. I hope it ends the story with Sammy and KO. To be honest, I hope that Roman and 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 Solo get the belt. I, Sam, yeah. Sammy and KO to me at this point, it's just like they they hit their apex now. They're now they're back to being indie darlings. Let them go back to the mid card. I agree. As if, as a matter of fact, John. Funny enough, me and Jeff were saying for shits and giggles that Roman should win not only the undisputed tag team championships but win everything and make him the Grand Slam champion. Even win the new world heavyweight. This championship. was my scenario: is that the the Uso brothers was there and they're being they're being angry and salty, and they open the door, they turn a corner, and there's Rikishi and his twin brother, <laughs> yeah. and and they both slap the Usos and say, "We know what you're gonna do, boys. Get your shit together. You're part of the tribe." <laughs> Honor your tribal chief. They help them beat Sammy and, and KO, and then they and then they target AJ Styles and they 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 stomp on his injured angle like <laughs> incessantly, like yeah, the BBC does ruthless, ruthless aggression. That's yeah. right. And, yeah. and AJ comes out like that, and then <laughs> 70, 70 year old Alpha and Sika. Yeah, no, and then chicken wings and all, too, and then and then the Seth Rollins comes out of his locker room. You see him open the door, and he's like, "Ah!" And then all of a sudden, you see two Simone spikes, and, and, the and, two Simone and, and then he gets up, he's like, and he goes, "What the?" And right when he's gonna say "fuck," then it's a solo gives him a Simone spike right there, and so Seth is like crawling, AJ is limping to the ring, and and you see Adam Pierce going talking to to Heyman, going, "Okay, okay, we need to have a real main event. Well, who can save us?" <laughs> Roman comes in there and Superman punches them both and all the titles. Uh, yeah. All the titles, man. Wouldn't Make it be him, funny and imagine the heat? Make him the great Sasuke of WWE. <laughs> yeah. The great what? Sasuke. Well, I, yeah. I, I know Ultimo Dragon and Austin Aries, but I don't know what the <laughs> Sasuke, Sasuke was the first before Ultimo Dragon had all the belts. Well, what's a Sasuke? Uh, I, I think I had it a couple weeks ago. He's overrated yeah, than the great say, Sasuke. I'm pretty sure it's a Japanese drink. <laughs> Yeah. Right, it's like yeah. a he's a legend, man. It's he's a Sas- legend. It's a sake with whiskey. So. Yeah, yeah, that's Sasuke. Cool. I don't know, and, and it will and it will kill you. Yeah, it probably the great will Sasuke. Be. Yeah, but 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 before we go forward, apparently we need to discuss this because we don't need Sammy. We can just look at Chris. He's a cleaner cut version of Sammy. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with that. Apparently, Medium Five has a little crush on Chris. So I'm also ooh. bigger than Sammy. Well, <laughs> well, you uh, are. So you lost all that weight. Mm. Yeah, no, he lost a lot of weight. What's that? I'm yeah. still, I'm still 230 pounds. Like I'm oh, still right. legitimately bigger than Sammy Zane. All right, put him in. Uh, put him in, coach. Let's go. Tag. There you go. Uh, I agree. I look. I think that this is the point where we we see, you know, the end of Sammy and Kevin. It, it just it needs to go at this point. It's it, it was fun. It was a cool pop for the fans. It's Jake and the Let's fat man. Now here's my question: Do the <laughs> Usos make the trip? Yes. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? they? Because they the part yeah. of the story. they've got to bollocks it up some way. You think? Uh, if you're yeah, thinking no. because in, of the in reality, they're gonna in reality they're gonna fuck that up for okay. for Roman, and they're, that's gonna create an even Do more tension, so? or it's gonna yeah, be but... the actual beginning of the end of the bloodline. But right. Jimmy had a sign something saying, "Not a penny of it goes to Trinity." Right, and they won't. <laughs> not a penny. A, they won't touch a drop of alcohol while they're. In the right, he, he's got. To, he's got <laughs> to spend it all in the mall in, in Dubai. Right. Well, they'll, they'll get a jail if they start drinking. Yeah, yeah they're, it's getting. They're going to be dry while they're there the entire time. Well, like they got into Canada, boys. Tailored suits. If they got into Canada, WWE has connections. They even got into Australia, it, it's true. which is and, hard to and, get into. 
Honestly, Australia and Canada both have very stringent laws on DUIs. Like, I mean, really, and not joking. Like, it it is extremely hard to get into this country if you have a DUI in the states. You hmm. won't get into a shave if you have a DUI. Put it that way. So, I yeah. mean, and so WB do have connections, political, exactly. Yeah, that's and the they, have, they have connections. They have <laughs> connections, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is... country has exemptions for major events. I know, but it's it's contradicting, though. You it's it's never bad. never have an NFL team come to your country if you didn't let someone with, with DUIs. <laughs> right. True. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So then we have a backstage segment where Kayla's talking and... She's talking about the uh, the tag team championship that happened, and then damage control rolls in, and Bailey says it's supposed to be inner her view time and not Roman's. And she talks about how she pushed Eo Sky too hard. So just like Roman, she's gonna take matters in her own hands, and her and uh, Dakota Kai are gonna win the titles. And she can Kayla can tell Roman Reigns that SmackDown belongs to Damage Control. Uh, before we have all this, someone press yeah. Alt Delete, Alt Control Delete. At this was, point, please. I bad. love Bailey. I I'm sorry. I love like, Bailey. Her character of just saying the most annoying shit fucking possible. All yeah, the Bailey's time. great. Right, I agree. <laughs> you said after you just said control alt delete, you said you're no, right. The I group, agree. the group doesn't mean I don't like Bailey though. Bailey is the only one really that's really getting over in this group. Right. If anything, I <laughs> need I need more of Bailey just screaming at the top of her lungs at Michael Cole too. Like is she, oh, yeah. like they they did it a little bit in this match, but I mean, literally the whole time she's on the apron waiting for a tag, she needs to have her head turned and being like, "Michael, you're saying something stupid right now." <laughs> like I just want her screaming right. at Michael Cole. In fact. In fact, I will I will take another ten years of Michael Cole on commentary if Bailey can be his partner. I, I just Oh my that god. Is, that is entertaining as hell to me. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm so Ventura and Mon- and uh, McMahon. <laughs> oh yeah. Look, I would be totally down for that. That would be great. Um look, the, I think the reason why Bailey works though too is because she she's the shit talking heel. And that's why she has Eel Sky. And that's why she has Dakota Kai to be that buffer and be like, you know, hey, I'm gonna kick the shit out of you, hold me back. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna kick the shit, hold me back. I'm gonna kick the shit out, hold me back, hold me back. Yeah, like that's what makes Bailey work, and that's why this is kind of like funny. Like and like you know nothing's gonna happen <coughs> between her and Roman because you know, when she's like, Tell Roman Reigns this is this belongs to David Girl. What's Roman gonna fucking do? Nothing, and she knows that, and so she can say shit like that, and it's hilarious, and it cracks me up. And the fact that she can do that kind of stuff, like with Michael Cole, what's Michael Cole gonna do? Nothing. <laughs> like it's she's getting heat in good ways for being annoying by picking on people that nothing can happen from it, right? Like that's the whole point. That's being a heel. You're not gonna see any fulfillment of her doing that kind of thing, and so that makes you want to hate her more, and that's what makes it brilliant. That's why she I, is a truly I, I, magnificent Karen. Yeah, yeah, she is. Look, she look. I know they're trying to do the whole Karen thing with uh, Chelsea Green, but Bailey has it locked up and knocked out of the park way better than she does. Green, at all. Though, even though she's so, trying to do Karen, she's more she's more entitled. She's more like Tiffany Stratus. It's fine, and they're on different shows anyway. Yeah, yeah. but still, you know. But 
All right, so then we had a uh, we had a video. Pa- we we go to commercial break. They talked about the video package from the backash highlights, and the Usos are walking backstage when the LWO is laughing, and Cruz del Toro and Joaquin said they weren't talking about them, and Selena Vega is laughing, and then Ray and Santos Escobar walk up, and the Usos walk off. This was dumb. Okay, this you can control alt delete this shit because mm. like like what what did this hey the do? faces are bullies? Isn't that funny? As the faces who haven't won shit are bullying the Usos, who are former champs and everything along those lines. Like, are we saying nine time tag team champions? Like, what are you? This this is how far they have fallen that the LWO is laughing at the making fun, and then they walk away when when they show up. You know, like, well, I mean. In fairness, the LWO wasn't talking about them. It was just the Usos being hypersensitive. They're like, we're speaking Spanish, which I'm not even sure that Joaquin Wilde speaks Spanish. But, <laughs> right. uh, but in, in any event, yeah, this is going to set up a match. And the question is, do do the Usos con- continue to let the Tribal Chief down by losing the match to Legato, or does Legato continue to lay down? So I'm, I'm actually hoping that there will be a match between these two on SmackDown, and I'm sort of looking forward to it. And I think it'll be a fun little match, but who... Who wins and how it's won is going to is is hints. It's 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 breadcrumbs to, to to lead us towards what's going to happen towards the next PLE and and how people follow the story and that's how you try to make predictions in WWE. You, you follow the story. Don't uh, anybody else have a different take? No, I agree with Jeff with what Jeff said. I mean, and Zelina's back. She had her moment, and she's back where she belongs in, in in the background, being a supporting player. Because it was beautiful what happened, but she's not really a great wrestler. No, no. I, I do think Legato will lose though, because it just loses. I'm sorry. Well, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna lose the next match because the next match that, that's set up. This is, I mean, this was set up on the show that it's gonna be against Santos and Ray. If they were if they were wrestling against what is it, Joaquin Cruz. and Cruz? Yeah, then, yeah. then, yeah, like LWO would lose, but it's Ray and Reagan and Bush. Um, <laughs> 84. <laughs> 84. Yeah, there we go. That was 84. a year before I was born. Oh shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, because they're because they're not facing those two, they're facing the actual members of the LWO who win sometimes. There's a good possibility that you know the LWO is going to win that match. Is, see, is the LWO a legit faction? to you guys because it feels weird like in puerto rico it felt like that and then now it feels like they're just there but i don't find them like truly a faction at to this no, point to me they're like the oc they're just they're right. just put together to get more people on tv and then and sell you know, shirts yeah sell shirts hmm. i mean i would are they a faction yes but but the the ironic thing i find about it is this ray mysterio was never in the lwo he was no, he was. Oh, he was no, forced he to join. He him to join, and he joined. He went turn face to heel, and he Wait. joined the LWO. It wasn't for a Filthy long time. Animals, wasn't it? Yeah, he joined he was... the LWO one hundred percent. He reluctantly joined. I gotta see that. He reluctantly I... joined in, in the end, and and even Wade mentioned it. This time, he didn't reluctantly join. He formed it. But okay, I mean, I, uh, I, see, I don't remember that. But uh, I, and I was watching WCW during that time. Well, but you're too busy watching WCW, right. wasting your time. <laughs> well, He's anyway, it was good, man. Come on, yeah, it was. It was fine for what it was until and, a certain point because it was different at that time. Now it's just so great. Now, oops, 
Yeah. What no, do you like, mean it was different at that time? It was one of like then, 18 WOs no, no, that existed in no, WCW. No, I'm talking about ECW. ECW, not WCW. We're not there yet, sir. Slow down. We're just at the women's tag match. God, <laughs> yeah, boy. Damn it. What up? See? What up, Vic? We don't. We don't. Yes, boy. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're now at the Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Damage Control of Bailey and Dakota Kai. With Eoskar, the outside match. Um, at one point, I didn't know that they did show uh, Alba Fired is LaDon watching, who are Isla. the Enix. Isla. Yes, Whatever, I don't give a fuck. You should. It's like I don't care about Grace and Walla. Fucking Walla. Walla. Yeah, not Walla. 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 See, look, I'm saying it the exact same way he's saying it at the same time. And you can't I'm fucking with you, man. Obviously. <laughs> you know? uh, so they're back there watching it with their NXT tag titles, even though they've been called up to SmackDown. Um, <clears throat> Is there like, still the NXT World Tag Team Champ- Women's Tag Team Champions? Why should they give up their belts just because they got called up? Others have come up with their NXT belts. Because they've lost. They did but, lose. No, no, they, because they've been called up. Because, like, that's, that's kind of the... I don't know. Look, I don't know. Anyway, this is all stupid. Uh, this match was whatever. Uh, I look, I look. I was done with this match when Raquel Rodriguez walks out with the belt backwards on her. God so stand she, it, man. Look, look. So that she can do the back pose. <laughs> right, right. With with the belt, right. It's the worst pose, too, man. Look. Her and Dana Brooke sh- should like double flex to no reaction together. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Dana right? Brooke has lost all of it. Like she used to be like a big bulk. She used to be like Beth Phoenix. Now mm-hmm. she's just skinny and she still does the double. What? What? Beth? No one even recognizes Dana Brooke anymore. A kid wouldn't even high five her. Her face got on there. I'm like, what the hell has she done to her face? Look, yeah, she's she's one she's, of those one that's addicted to plastic surgery. Way you know? too much. Yeah. <laughs> Like she I don't understand some women, man, that that go crazy with plastic surgery and end up looking worse than they did before plastic I mean, surgery. She, she's starting to look like a, you know one of those Madden Toussaint wax statue versions yeah, of herself. And yeah, the next no. step from that is like looking like a melted candle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit, it's look, bad. look, it. All, all I'm saying is this match. Though uh, it would be cool if her face melts off and she's like female Skeletor. Oh. That would be cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. There's not much on her right now that she's almost female Skeletor right now. Um, So uh, a new dream uh, arises. A new day, a new dream. But look, this match was easily the worst match of the night. I mean, that's including the Cameron Grimes 32nd KM. That was a good match. (laughs) Right. Uh, Guys, at what point do we. Like obviously they're they're showing that these women tag team titles are here to stay, mm-hmm. right? I guess. Right. So, um, I, but I don't know what to do at this point where you don't. This is the, this is your seventh to last match of the night before your main event, and this was awful. This was bad. We need to start like stop putting this in such a prominent position. Do we need to do something different, or do we need to like have like put together tag teams that actually work together and know how to do stuff? I don't what know. Do do? I don't know what to do anymore. Like, I, I really, this is a bathroom go home segment. Go cook dinner. 
whatever kind of thing for me now. Well, it's, well it's, they drafted three actual women tag teams. They drafted uh, Katana, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. They drafted Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. And they drafted Indy Harwell, who unfortunately is injured, but her and Candice LeRae are an actual women's tag team. So they drafted three actual tag teams. Shayna and, and uh, Ronda are an actual team. I guess Ronda's still recuperating or being miffed or whatever is going on with her. But, you know... I, Hopefully, I, I don't think it's going to happen now based on what we saw tonight, but hopefully Kyrie Sane comes back and you get the Kabuki Warriors, and now you have a division. But, yeah, this match was terrible. Raquel is, is every bit as clumsy as her old man, except he, you know, is actually physically intimidating. She just thinks she is. Um, Who's she dating? Braun. Braun. Yeah, exactly. Braun. Braun. Not, not Breaker. Does that make sense now, Chris? Yep. All right. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this match was bad, and there was a little botch where Raquel, of course, you know, she she was running the ropes when she wasn't supposed to run the ropes, and then she realized it, and she sort of hopped over Dakota. Then went to the, she was just supposed to go to the turnbuckle and do a, a move off the corner. But yeah, but listen, they have to put a women's match on, or they get grief. You know me; I'm all for getting rid of women's wrestling entirely. I don't think it. I, I think it's useless. I think it's part of the reason why you. He used to say that. For, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's time. the reason why you went from 10 million to two million fans, but I think it might be the reason why you went from 10 million to seven million. Um, and uh, you know, and get rid of it. And and some of the best matches have been women's matches, but it, it, it's not worth it to me. It's uh, they get rid of it all. Right. Or give I, them their own show. Give them their own league. Come on, they're the best they've ever been, though. To be fair. Jeff. But that, that's right. like exactly that's not strengthening your point, right? Yeah, like that's <laughs> like saying now that Wrexham has won their league and, and moved up, that oh, they, they're gonna they can compete with EPL teams, which they're gonna do this summer here in America. Uh, that's no. look, they are about to get the ass whipping of all ass whippings this summer when they play these friendlies with EPL teams in America, like they're playing fucking Manchester City. Rexham, yeah, but they're friendlies, point. though, John. With friendlies, they don't take those games really that serious. It's just... <laughs> it doesn't matter. Re- I know. You'll be surprised, though. You, you'll be surprised. It's, it's just an exhibition. Team and whip the shit out of Wrexham, Jimmy. I mean, if they win, I mean... they won't win five nil, six nil. It won't be anything like that. Believe me. I'm telling you. Is this this is asking... wrestling? That, yeah. Honestly, that's what I was going to say. I understand this as much as when you guys were talking about. I love uh, soccer, football, the real football. The great I grew up on hockey. football. I played it all my life hockey. too. All right, let's let's no. take it this way. That, oh, yeah, that would be like exactly. that would be like saying taking like let's say the runner up in the college uh, national championship game TCU, and playing against the NFL and, champs and playing play, no, not against the champs. That would be like taking the 412th ranked male swimmer and putting him against the females or something. That would be just crazy. All right, I'll give you an example, guys. I'll give you an example. Right? There's a basketball club. Hold on, hold on, hold on. on. The NASCAR team. I'll give you an example. There's a basketball club here in Melbourne called Melbourne United. Right? Yeah. This this is going to resonate with all. No, 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 no. I'm just (laughs) going to tell you. They toured. They toured the states a couple of years ago and played all NBA teams. Right? Of course, right. Terrific. They only just lost. They lost in overtime to to um, Oklahoma. Uh, they played totally Dallas as well. At all. It was a good game, but the point is, right? It was an exhibition Ooh, match. It was just preseason, right? Everyone right? said keep it close, boys. Um, whatever the case, it was a good game. But by rights, the NBA team should always de- destroy any any club around the world other than the European clubs because their standards are a lot better now. 
No, the European basketball clubs are actually very good. Those 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 submarines that were sending to you that you you paid for, they're actually going to bomb you once they get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're still waiting for those damn subs. You're going to you're going to pay for your own destruction. It was America that stopped the ones from us buying the French ones. We went like this to France after saying yes, we're going to buy some. Right, you and then you guys stepped in. You're, like, you're not buying no French exactly. And Australia's then Australia's motto is make America great again. <laughs> God. Mm-hmm. Oh, Do you know what's really answers, interesting? Man. Do you know what's really interesting about all that? What's that? Nothing. Nothing. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, man, I don't understand exactly how Chris thinks. What I need yeah. to stop doing is taking his Get line. into the real football, boys. All yeah. right. Seriously. So, yeah, because, I mean, dumpster fire for the win uh, here. Let's move forward on that. Um, yeah, it's better than talking about that match. Shit. Right. Because, I mean, I would rather talk about this. We have the brawling brutes in the back trying to cheer up Sheamus. And this is for the vet. This is the only reason why I'm doing this. Pretty deadly walk up to them. Elton Prince good. and Kit Wilson mock them and then walk off. Um, you know, and is, so is Rich Holland getting smaller. Yes, it feels he like is. it. He it is. It feels like it. Like he's off the really, gas. It's like he's like shrinking, like one of those comic book things where it's not like he's just going to lose muscle. He's like getting diminutive. He's like it's either that or or because he's wearing a t-shirt a lot lately, he just doesn't look as big in a t-shirt. No, I it's the it, weight. It's the weight of all the guilt for all the time that Biggie that is too. injured. He just gets smaller yeah. and smaller and smaller. From the <laughs> but no, I I agree with you, Jeff. It's it's not just the the bulk. It's it's the um it's it's the height. He like it's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids being hidden, <laughs> but but it's only right. hitting like a little every month. Yeah, you know. Uh, oh, look, here we go. Ten out of ten moment from the vet, and then Elizabeth says that pretty deadly is the best tag team on SmackDown. I hope they do them right. So far, so good. If you know what I mean, even though they haven't yeah. had a match yet. Yeah. But I just hope they don't become the next Tyler Breeze and they're Dango. Like, they're like Grayson Waller, but funny. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, um, and talented, and worth of my. Are time. these guys Australian? Uh, no, they're not. That's I why they're that. good. Don't say that. That's why they're funny. That's why they're worth my time. Americans uh, saying that British humor is funny. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. Uh, British humor is funny. It is kind of. Sometimes it can be annoying, though, too. That is certainly an opinion. Wow. The vet is coming in hot, saying Pretty Deadly is the best tag team on earth. Oof. They are uh, a little slim for my taste, too. They're yeah. great, though. They're, they're, they're entertaining as fuck. Look, man. they are. Look, look. this segment, uh, having not really seen a lot of them, I really enjoyed this segment. It was very funny how they, you know, they had fun with, with Ridge and um, Butch. And, oh, you couldn't have done this. You couldn't have filled this out for yourself. Right. <laughs> so sorry. You know, uh, like, it, was, it wasn't that. entertaining. I Look, I would have rather had more of this and less of the match before. Yeah, um, it was, yeah, all of, everything you've said is pretty truthful. Yeah, I get a lot of I get a lot of I get a lot of the totally awesome uh, edge, totally reeking of awesomeness, edge and mm. Christian stuff from but them British backstage. style. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the sort of feel I get from that. Yeah. And I mean, Canadian humor is pretty similar to British humor. Um, so yeah, I mean, same here. That's <laughs> that that is what I get a lot of uh, of these guys is a lot of that same uh, energy, that same like kind of feeling from them where they're 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 being sort of smart asses, but they're also kind of cutesy about it. Yeah, um, right. And I, I think it's great. I, I honestly, like, I don't need to see pretty deadly have a tag team match for a month. I, I can just have them do these little backstage things where they're being smart asses. And then awesome. next thing you know, they're hosting WrestleMania. 
I, I would just want one more thing. I would want each week for them to have like the background music, like one week be Duran Duran, the next week it's <laughs> Adam Ant, the next week it's like uh, Ultra, you know, uh, Ultravox, and like then like you know, Johnny does jazz or or Scritti Politti, oh, something like Oingo Boingo. It's just got to be like ridiculous eighties like even Phil Collins. <laughs> nah, yeah. Did you say Phil Collins? Yeah, yeah fuck it. Yeah. Not Phil they, Collins. They, they, That's completely mainstream. That's as mainstream as you get. No, I'm talking yeah, Boingo Boingo is great, by the way. Yeah, I, a lot of these are. I, I just these I'm naming bands that I, that I like, but but they're definitely they're definitely timepieces. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I want the funny. I want the funny upbeat party ones. I I don't I don't want like you know the the Cure or or <laughs> you know the Smiths. You know. You know I'm miserable and I'm miserable because everybody dies, so I'm gonna kill yeah. everyone else. And that eighties around me. That that eighties soundtrack of like the modeling scenes that you would hear um from behind stage. You know? Could they do a, a a bad one and put them with uh, maximum male models eventually? They should feud with maximum male models. Yeah, yeah that would be gold. Yeah. That would be golden if that happens. You're not really pretty. We are. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Oh. It writes itself. Right. Well, are we are we going that route, right? That's that's the real question. That's money so right there. And shows. I think because also, you potentially put all of them over. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be good for everybody all around if they actually had a program. You're not pretty, we're pretty. Yeah. yeah. I mean I could picture it. Yeah, look, the only time and I'm gonna say this, this might be controversial, the only time the cure has been good at all if anything is there's a local restaurant here in town called Lenny's local that is a rock-based uh wings and sandwiches place and they have loaded mm. fries called the cure which has beer cheese fried egg <laughs> bacon and your choice of maple bourbon seasoning or honey sriracha and that is the only time the cure has been any first good of all because that's i've had it i want both sauces secondly tyler breeze special guest referee he does work for yes WWE. oh yeah there we go <laughs> he does uh, right there you go uh, it, it, it it's perfect there you go. There you pretty go. perfect. Yes. It's and right perfect. after this, of course, right after this, we have the ring being decorated for Bianca Belair's <laughs> championship celebration. Hey. Uh... And then as we come back from commercial, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn will defend the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships of the World <laughs> against Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa at night. <laughs> uh, even though they said it was going to happen earlier. Uh, Wait, what country is that taking place from again, John? Saudi Arabia! Mushallah okay, to that. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. So, God uh, willing that they're safe over there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And then we had this. Hey, let's hey. do this. You know, Bianca Belair, celebrate. Woo! And... Uh, Where'd Chris go? Well, look. He, he probably doesn't want to talk about it. You know, I don't blame him. Um, or, or child issues, one of the two. Um, who knows? Uh, but we had this moment here where Bianca comes out. Woo! Well, colors, let's go. Fireworks. And then Oscar makes her way to the ring. Bianca looks confused. And an ESC chant comes. Um, yeah. Well, here's the thing. This writer says, an EST chant picks up, even though no one in the crowd is moving their mouths in the manner. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty uneventful, too, um, man. Everyone knows that Knoxville is the world headquarters of all ventriloquists. Duh. Right, right. Hello. I mean, you have a Tennessee volunteer in the ring, in the middle of Tennessee volunteer to do a celebration yet. Yeah, anyway. 
Listen, uh, you know, uh, the so then we learned here is never shake the hand of a clown wearing gloves. Right. <laughs> right. You know, because... that's all I have to say about this entire segment. You don't need to come to me. Again. Yeah. Look, Asuka does her thing. She spits it and, you know, it's she's, blue she's, mist. It's blue mist this time, not green mist. So it's blue mist. And of course, uh, Bianca screams in agony and rise on the mat with the crowd booing without booing. Because their mouse didn't move. Um, <laughs> trainers and referees run down with water and towels to wash out the champion's eye. And then Asuka celebrates as the crowd boos. And then, look, we see AJ Styles is still feeling the effects from his triple threat match. And he's preparing for Bobby Lashley. Let's go. And then commercial break. And we go to the trainer's room. And Bianca is still seeing, help me, help me, help me. Uh, as she's been blinded. Childish, by. bro. This shit was so childish. Blind. She's not going to be able to see anymore. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This almost makes me feel like it could be a heel turn. I mean, it was that bad. You might as well cover it up with her well, turning that was heel. the whole bit. That was the whole right. bit. Right, the right. whole bit was, you know, Asuka's turning heel. So, you know, that was the purpose. I know. The I would have gone the other was, way around at this point because of how she was acting. I'm talking about... Um, like, uh, like, like it's a, like a mop. Don't use pronouns. Right. Use the actual nouns. Yeah, come on. Use the words. Jimmy uh, is trying to say that this this might inspire Bianca to turn heel. Right, right. opposed to this <laughs> being, is the actual format. By, by being the flopper. Turn, which has sort of been going on for a while, but I guess they hadn't really... She was sort of a tweener. You know, you weren't... Yeah. A, she yeah. wasn't exactly a heel, but she wasn't exactly a face, which is a weird place to be anyway. Right. But, I mean, the she just won clean in WrestleMania. I mean, I don't know why to run this back. They have 6,000 women on the show. But yet you want to watch Brock and Cody again. Right back to that. Well, that's part of a program, though. I mean, well, this ends, isn't this? when you have the title match, that ends the program. Look, I'm not looking at That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, few uh, usually are a trilogy, but a title match is usually the end of a program, not the beginning. Well, I mean, unless you, you lose. I mean, that's the whole point is Asuka lost. And if you want to build to that, who else, though, on the roster, Jeff, right now could could really compete? Raquel Rodriguez. Yesterday on Smack Talk, did Bianca, she should come. I mean, if she wants to act like she had a chip on her shoulder because she's the Raw Women's Champion, but she's on SmackDown. So even though she's home in Knoxville, she realizes that, that Raw is only her new, that SmackDown's only her new home and that she's got this, she's carrying around a strange title for this brand. So in order to that. prove herself to, to the Raw, to the SmackDown universe, I keep saying Raw, she's going to do an open challenge. And, that, and then you could have whoever you want. And at the same time, build up Asuka, have her win six or seven matches on TV so that she earns it again, you know, through devious means. But I would rather see Bianca face, you know, seven or eight different women, even if they don't deserve it. And just, you know, if it's Tegan Knox, she squashes her. It takes a minute and a half to beat her, you know, whatever it is. Raquel Rodriguez comes out. It's a battle. It's like a it's like a Haas match. So it takes nine minutes instead. Whatever. I, I, I would rather see that and just see Bianca be dominant on SmackDown while Asuka is quietly building up, you know, you know, five or six wins over seven or eight weeks, uh, you know, occasionally spitting the mist, you know, doing whatever. And then she make then and she earns her way to the number one contendership shot. I don't like the you just you lost a match. You you treat do something diabolical and then you get a match again. I, I just don't like that. Yeah, that, that's true though. 
it's lazy and every promotion does it now and that and that doesn't mean it's it's lazy when nwa does it it's lazy when mlw does it it's lazy when aw does it. but at least with nwa and mlw and promotions like that you can sort of give them a pass because they have 12 people you know mm-hmm. under, under any sort of like long-term contract um WWE has 247 wrestlers under under some type of long-term contract. Mm-hmm. They just did a draft. How about all of the NXT women who drafted? They 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 run out. You do a fatal four-way between the new the NXT women to see who wins it, and they do. I mean, create something that's interesting and new, and then you have your main event for next week, and then the title match the week after. Whatever. I I mean, it's actually making your lives easier when when you think. Well, you know what? I felt SmackDown borrowed a lot of their style from AEW in the way the show was booked they're promoting now matches for next week already ahead of time which they usually don't do that's something AEW has been doing all the time even cutting out the entrances Mm -hmm. is another thing that AEW does so I found that interesting but it looked better when WB does it instead of you know AEW doing it it's different I don't think it looks better or worse I mean you borrow from other promotions if they're doing right. something right borrow from it if they're doing something wrong learn the lesson that they learn or don't learn well for sure i agree yeah look but i mean at the end of the day you know really at the end of the day we this is the direction wwe has decided to go i mean what is yeah. aw what what's one of their biggest they rush storylines this is a rush storyline mm-hmm. plus it's a and what's the other thing aw does they repeat their storylines with the same people this is yeah. this is that the two things i criticize aw for i'm criticizing wwe for the same way because despite what the professor says i am in fact the most objective man in professional wrestling Ooh. but Ooh. but let's be honest let's, and if we're going to maintain that consistency it's like why be less than you know because we know wwe can be better that's the problem oh, of course they you can. know they prove then, that every time with the ple's you know but carry that same energy throughout the rest of your product and, and I'll they point out another thing. Even though I'm, I keep speaking over, but I, I forget. I'm 50. You have to remember, I'm almost 55, and I forget things. The, the one thing I still don't like about the Brock Cody thing is Brock still hasn't given a reason. At this point, he doesn't need to. It's, it's it would be dumb at this point. Right. Even if, even if the reason doesn't make a whole lot of sense, he should have given some reason. Like I, I, you know, the reason I gave wasn't a great one, but he would, it could have been. Cody, I counted on you like everyone else to be Roman, and when you didn't, you, you let me down. You get my title shit. My, right. my title shot. And then people said, well, why didn't he care about KO? Why didn't he care about when Sami Zayn got stuff? Because he didn't believe in them. He believed mm-hmm. in Cody. That, I mean, that that it. I'm not saying it's a great reason. I'm just saying it's a reason. Mm-hmm. Right. It's something. <laughs> and it's more original than Roman paid me, which, by the way, they did neither of these things. He's just doing right. it. Yeah, he's just... Cody's just... the only one that came up with a reason saying, I'm the main event now. You're not. Yeah, Brock is being Brock. Yeah, it feels like at this that's point. That's all it is, exactly. Brock you know, being Brock. Yeah, and and so now, now at this point, it feels like Brock just wanted to work with Cody, like mm-hmm. like, and so this is what they're doing. So they're just kind of making up as they go without any kind of real purpose well, behind it. Well, your yeah. knight is actually slaying the beast before you get to the evil king. You would think, but like, if it doesn't feel like that, because it just feels like Brock wanted to work with Cody because he wanted to. So. You know, like like I said, if he if there'd have been these other factors, like you said, Brock saying I believed in you and you didn't do it, so you you know that whole thing that would have made a lot more sense to get behind this story. There's nothing here to get behind it, so right. then it's just like, well, I guess Brock just wanted to work with Cody, so they're just trying to figure it out as they and, go. And it would have been so easy if you saw him 
like before WrestleMania, you see him in the back talking to, with Baron Corbin of all things, who apparently is rich again, and them making a bet or the APA. Well, yeah, yeah. we get it, but we're past that now. Yeah. And, and Brock bet on Cody and lost a lot of money to Baron Corbin, or better yet, Cameron Grimes, who you're introducing right. to the main roster. And right. Brock is mad, not just. You know, he and he it says that money. I'm betting on Cody and Cody's gonna beat him, and now I can go for that title again. And right. he loses the bet and he loses the shot. There he's mad. Yeah. Or listen, the, the, the moment for Cody would have been great. I, I get it. I predicted Cody won, but I'm not really mad the Me way too. the way it happened. That I like the the, the, the bloodline storyline more than other things, even though it hasn't been as great. I just I, I just wanted Brock to have a reason, and like you don't it's not that hard to think like this no, is checkers. It's not chess. But right. but this is Brock Lesnar. I don't think he likes to think that deep. He's he not the one who to... has to think it. Right. Oh, I know and exactly. Vince McMahon and Triple H and those people are right. Have to think it. They just got to right. tell him what to say. That's true. But he could come up with some shit on his own if he wanted to, and I'm sure they would run with it. But I I just don't think me? he would. I'm gonna tell my inner Brock Lesnar. I ain't paid to think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. It's but facts. Brock Brock does not give a shit. As long 100%. as he works with he, as long as he works with people that he wants to work with, that's all that Brock cares about. If he's getting paid, and he, he's like, "All right, tell me what to do." If not, fine, I'm gonna fucking do it myself. I'm just, I'm getting paid, right? We got my paycheck ready. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, <laughs> you'll see what I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of this. <laughs> it does have a point. Uh, anyway, hey, we're at the end, okay, motherfucker. We All spoke right. for an hour about non-wrestling things, and then we spoke for 20 yeah. minutes on That's true. Middle Eastern geopolitics. But I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We did, actually. We actually yeah. did. Oh, we did find out, too, uh, before we get into this last match, that Roman Reigns and Sosa Co. will come face-to-face with the tag team champs. Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio will take on the Usos. Pretty Deadly will face the Brawling Brutes. And then finally, either AJ Styles or Bobby Lashley will appear on the Grayson Waller effect because, you know, it's fucking awesome. You know, mate? Here we go. Jan likes to have a two and a half hour show opinion, yeah. have it, so we have to kill time. Yeah, I like it. It's just, it's just, oh, well, anyway, just... Uh, I, I have nothing to do. Well, just take my son to work at five. Uh, so why not spend it with people? Anyway, so this yeah. last match, we have the finals of the semifinals tournament match with. Uh, AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley talking about uh, we as we mentioned earlier Bobby Lashley 46 AJ Styles 45 two guys Crazy. who look incredible shape for their age and for, any yeah, age. for look yeah for real um, and Our babies look I felt they put on a really <laughs> good match and the fact that oh, you have a baby that comes out looking like Bobby Lashley. <laughs> <laughs> That poor woman. That poor woman. Oh, my God. Talk about a reapage. She's destroyed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But posing. Like... Not normally it's yeah. Normally the head's the biggest thing, but the traps are like five times the size of the head. Poor lady. Um, Anyway, so I felt like this was a really good match, and I felt like, um, you know, it was interesting because we had two different styles going at it, not... To, you know, be literal, but uh, you know, and there was an interesting ending because it felt like you know, could the momentum have gone to Bobby? Because they did mention both, hey, they are 45 46. They did mention, hey, they've been through a triple threat match and now they have to wrestle another match in the night. And so they told a lot of story, as we talked about earlier, Wade mentioning the fact that 
Um, you know, Bobby has lost a lot of blood, and then he's turning around and wrestling a match when he says, when I give blood, they tell me not to do anything for 30 minutes, and here they are wrestling a match, you know. Uh, so protecting Bobby to make it make sense for the AJ Styles win really was very well done. I thought they made a, they did a lot of things in this match that made a lot of sense um, and told a very good story with this. But that's just my personal take of having seen this. Uh, Jeff, what did you think about this match? How do you think they laid it out and, and how it went? I think the match was actually really good. The end was a little bit abrupt. It sort of came out of nowhere. I don't know if they you know didn't plan the time right or whatever. But it's, you know, but again, I'm going to give that a complete pass because of the whole blood loss thing. Whether that was accident, I mean, I'm sure it was accidental. But if they went with that story or what. Whatever it was, that accident covered up the whatever lacking was there. But, I mean, the whole thing is to make AJ look strong. And now we have AJ and Seth, which is, like I said earlier, the, the, the two workhorse, you know, everybody loves them. Technical wrestlers can do can wrestle pretty much any style for the workhorse belt, you know, at night of champions. Who, who can complain about this matchup now? Nobody can complain about seeing these two guys. And so it keeps positive attention on this new belt. So I think it was the smart way to do it. It doesn't matter that I'm in love with Lashley and that, that I want him to get the win. And it would have been false hope anyway, because they're, they're not doing a draft just to move someone back. They could, but they're not going to. Right. Um, so anyway, I thought again, the end a bit abrupt, but the rest, it was good. I, I, yeah. I actually think that this SmackDown, except for the women's segments, was wait, 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 we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Yeah, okay. Just in the match. No, right. All right, here we go, Jeff. Uh, I mean, Jimmy, what do you think uh, about this match? Jeff, and <laughs> yeah, oh, well, I do agree with a lot with what Jeff said. The, the, the match was fine. I predicted that AJ would win, as did Jeff. We said this from before the tournament even started, and um, yeah, we get to see Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles, which them two have got a lot of history. I don't know if many people know this, and I mentioned this on my show or on our show, and um. He put Seth Rollins over in the Indies in his first ever match, like one of his first ever matches, to the point where AJ was already a big star, an X division star. Sorry? Where did you mention this? On the Smack Talk. What did you call it? What do you mean? You called it Talking Smack. Talking Smack. You called it My Show, not Our Show. He, I no, said he our show. I corrected he did, myself. He did, my show. He, did, he did say my show first, and then he did correct I himself. I corrected myself, Jeff. Too late. For Christ's sake. God damn. I said our fucking show. Anyway, see, look, he loves throwing me off. Every time I'm trying to say something, he'll say something like that. Anyway, Crazy. the point is, he put Seth Rollins over back then when he didn't need to. It meant a lot for Seth Rollins. And uh, he, he also bought him lunch when he didn't have to. So he's got a lot of respect for AJ Styles. And yeah, this sets up a great match, which I'm sure the two of them will have. Okay. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I felt like this was the best matchup to get. It made sense for AJ sure. to win in the long run, uh, to have a match with Seth Rollins, uh, especially because, let's be honest, the Raw person was going to win this, right? Hey, that's what's dumb about this whole tournament, dude. Like, yeah, I 100% agree. I agree. the raw person's going to win this. It's not ifs or buts. But here's the thing that you've done. You've, elevate, you've elevated Bobby. You've elevated AJ to make them at least main event threats to Roman Reigns. Whether I'm not saying they're going to win, but you've made them at least something 
you know, where you can go, oh, yeah, I could see AJ winning. I could see Bobby winning. I'd want to see that to happen. You've done it with this tournament to do those kind of things. So if nothing else, you've built up your side for SmackDown to have people chase Roman, you know, at this point, uh, which is great. You know, um, and then really the best match you were going to get out of everybody there was going to be AJ versus Seth, you know, in, in Saudi Arabia. 100%. Especially if you sure. want people to watch and see. And the style of match that those two are going to put on is going to be really good. Um, so, and then, like I said, it, this was a very well, smartly done match, especially with commentary putting over some of the things that they did. You know, overall, I think this was a really good match. But let's talk about the show overall. Jimmy, where do you, if you're going to go A through F on this thing, if you're going to grade it like a teacher, where are you putting this show uh, grade-wise? B minus. And even that, I feel is too high, though, like, really. Really? Yeah. I'll give it a B minus. I thought it was a well-structured show, other than the women's parts, obviously. Um, And there was a couple of things here and there. But because we've been fed so much shit by WWE... Lately, this was a breath of fresh air with many sort of new concepts that WWE are trying at the moment. But we'll see. I do not mind the show personally. Okay, uh, Jeff, where where did you? How do you? How are you? Let agree in this show. I like the show. I, I mean, I, I thought that the weakest areas were the women's match, the the Bianca segment, but it was wrestle crap. I just I you know I nitpicked a bunch, but that's what I'm here for. And the LWO Usos backstage segment wasn't great, but it was short. Like the worst portions were short. I'm giving the show an A minus. It went by quick. I thought it was fun. I wow. think it moved things ahead. I think the the matches were meant something and were important. Even the unimportant matches. One was a title match. You saw the new the new women's tag team and the champions looking in the back, so you know that they are lurking, looking for their shot. You saw, we got introduced to Pretty Deadly, and we got introduced to Cameron Grimes with a giant win over Baron Corbin easily. I, I think the show is an A. Mm-hmm. For a TV show, this is an A. Yeah, uh, I look. I'm right now on the. I'm at the B plus A minus area. I haven't quite made my decision on where I'm at yet. And you know, normally I'm pretty picky. I'm pretty. You know, you know, berating of of SmackDown and everything like that. I think for me, right now, the only reason why I'm at a B plus is because some of the backstage segments were so wet blankety for Hmm. having a lot of it was. You know, when you had like the triple threat match, and then you you know threw in, hey, Adam Pearce, Grayson Waller, hey, you know, like. That was like completely slamming on the brakes going 80 miles an hour, and then you slam on the brakes. You know, uh, it was just not quite well done. Now, where I'm saying, were some of the backstage segments good? Yeah, I enjoyed some of them. But where they were placed or how they did things was not very well done or structured. So I'm going more of a B plus because I agree with you. This was probably one of the better shows that they've done in a while. Jeff, I like a lot of what you said, and I agree with a lot of it, but I just think some of the structure and some of the things, as you said, Jimmy, were not well done in place or time, so therefore it made more of a choppy-feeling show with some of the things, sure. um, and especially that back half where you had you know, the women's tag match and then the Bianca segment and everything along those lines. It was like, can I get through this to get where I need to go? It's, you know... It, it felt like it took forever to get to that main event, which is where I wanted to be. And so that is kind of why I'm at a B plus. I can't quite give it an A yet, but in the last, you know, 
two to three months has this been one of the better smackdowns we've had in a very long time it has yes i agree this has been one of the better ones we've had in a very long time so um gentlemen uh that has been our smackdown is there anything else you guys want to discuss or converse with before we head out today no sir no no be good Okay, the only other thing I did want to talk about and bring up, which I found hilarious, I want to share this with you. Um, I've been seeing it a lot and uh, finding it hilarious. I don't, oh shit, I lost it. Um, but apparently there's a meme going around right now with Bad Bunny talking to Kylie Jenner or one of the <laughs> Jenner girls and like he's leaning in and talking to her. And I guess they're at like a basketball game or something like that. And he's doing this and then everybody's like filling in what they said you know he's trying to say and of course the wrestling people are are having fun that one of them i saw was uh oh elizabeth says they're dating okay cool i don't yeah they are they are dating who's dating uh bad bunny and one of the jenner cole jenner cole jenner oh jesus like i care is it wasn't she with travis scott am i I wrong i don't know it It, look i don't keep trying to get to him i don't care the point is is they were out somewhere and him leaning over and one of it is like yeah, like I wore this WWF racing jacket back in the day. And, uh, WWF got a panda real mad, and so they had to blur it out. And like <laughs> that was one. And then there's another one where he's leaning over. Yeah, the LWO was this WCW faction back in the early '90s or the <laughs> mid '90s, and then right. it, it went away. And then Triple H brought it back, and Rey Mysterio really wasn't involved with it, but now he brought it back, and they're involved with it now. And I'm a part of that group. You know, like, oh, like, like some it's of like the memes we see with like the college frat boy guy looking over, leaning over, right. like girl at a, at a basketball game. She's just like this. Yeah, it's, it's the same <laughs> thing, but now, but now with Bad Bunny and and everything like that, the wrestling memes that come from it are hilarious, and so mm-hmm. it cracks me up that that has been a thing. Um, you know, now because I've been seeing it like on Instagram this morning and on Facebook and some other things. It's just different things that when it pops up and it cracks me up that bad bunny and everybody else now are making these things go um you know take off it was just super funny um that's it that's all i wanted to bring up before we had to go uh so gentlemen let's uh let's start with the person who was here from all the way in the beginning before anybody showed up uh let's start with you evil dose dr jeff um where can the people find you on the internet and your voice and everything along those lines please tell us where to find you sir well jimmy's going to do justice to all things pwc and where we cross pollinate with uh Haman media group and uh channel attitude I'm with there who too. with what media group Haman media, media group what i said okay you said Haman. Haman <laughs> media group i need some hey, look, i had to look i had to give it back to you for the isla dawn isla dawn whatever thing whether i deserve it or not I, I i'm not allowed to be thin-skinned it's just it's, <laughs> you can't you can't be me and be thin-skinned it's not allowed that's wrong um you can find me on twitter at icarus fell md uh my wrestling podcast that don't involve this this family over here is hammerlock hangover with big daddy cool C. Pena, you can find that on the PWC, my non-wrestling podcast, where you can find on the Hameen Media Group, Wrestling <laughs> Student Network, and the PWC, of course, our Garden of Doom and Garden Views. I dropped a new Garden of Doom today called Garden of Dude. I have a reverend in the religion of Dudism, which is actually a religion on a purposeful mytho- fictional mythology of the Big Lebowski. So, nice. Yeah, they, and they, they actually got established <laughs> as a religion in 2005, something like that. So I still haven't uh, seen that movie. Yeah, it's, it's 
it's it's a thing. It, uh, I, 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 I know a different big Lebowski. Oh, actually, Valbowski. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so that, that's out there. And this past week on Garden Views, I had a law professor from University of Mississippi, and we talked about space law, of course, but with some focus on space mining. Hmm. Wow, that sounds interesting. It is. Look, I'm I'm like some of the the guests and stuff that you find and you have these conversations with. I love it. I think they're great. I enjoy all of A them. Plus and players in that in that genre, man. Legit. Look, and, and I mean, just the, again, like I, I know I said it before, but if y'all aren't listening to his stuff, go listen to the Jeff stuff. It's really really good. He he does a great job, regardless of how kooky this person might be or not be or whatever. He does a great job of just being down the middle, asking questions. No, he sure. doesn't judge him at all. Even if no, they are cookie, he'll no, just let him no. talk. There and, and, yeah. And then, and it, so it, it's a great, and I mean, look, whether or not you believe in certain things or whatever, go listen. What does it hurt to expand your yeah, mind? Yeah, be open minded. Right. Yeah. So, and so, Jeff, I just want to tell you again, I love your your stuff, especially the garden you, stuff. And it's really well done. You do an excellent job with that, and I enjoy listening to it. Um, which, when normally I listen to my podcast, is uh, when I'm at the gym, so it's nice to, you know. But then I hear Jeff's voice, and I'm like, "Fuck, I gotta work out some more." <laughs> Get you fired up. Yeah, yeah. Before it was three fifty, now it's like four or five. Yeah. <laughs> fuck it. Jeff, I gotta get that fucking shit up now. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, look at those yeah. shoulders. It works. Yeah. Look. <laughs> oh, and look at free. that. Nick. You don't need to buy creatine. Just yeah. listen. To yeah. yeah. You don't yeah. even need juice. Yeah. You don't need pre-workout. <laughs> listen to Jeff. Oh. No, damn it. No. Yeah. <laughs> one has you might hear about Juice Robinson. Right. Oh. Yeah. Oh well, that changes things, Jeff. It does. I know. <laughs> You're guaranteed Rock hard, to, baby. To, to drop hundred pounds on your weight. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. uh, and then of course my man down here, Jimmy T, taking up the bottom square. Where can oh. find you on the internet? I thought you were going to say taking it somewhere else, but anyway, <laughs> that's what it sounds like. But anyway, you can find me right here on channelattitude.com. With five bucks, you get the best talk in all of pro wrestling. I've already mentioned our great, you know, celebrity of co-hosts. I mean, we got Stevie Richards, Bin Hamin, Stevie Ray, uh, the vet. Big Ray and Enders and ourselves, obviously. Um, we've got everybody there. Channelattitude.com. Five bucks. That's all you need. Also, pwcnetwork.podbean.com, where you find, like Jeff said, not only his shows, but my shows and all of our shows. And also, hamminmediagroup.podbean.com for all our affiliate shows, including John's and Jeff's, once again. I mean, hey, we always put Jeff over, man. Always. Especially with Garden of Doom and everything else. I call him the EST of the PWC now for a reason. It's true. He is the EST of the PWC. And um, yeah, if you want to follow me, you can at DJ Massifix and at the PWC Network. And I think that's about it. Yeah. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can always find me on the internet at uh, J Reasy Man on the TikToks, the Twitter, the Instagram. The TikTok had to kind of go private because. Uh, Why? Uh, that part of my last week's uh, having a rough week. Um, oh. A parent complained about my TikTok, which there's nothing inappropriate on my oh, TikTok. You're kidding, but they, were, dude. they were like, I don't like it. Because, like, I think I did this one where this woman's like, don't flirt with him. And, like, I picked up my head and just kind of like, oh. goofy song. and she's like, I don't need to see that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, please. Really? Like, yeah. So uh, it, it's gone private. But, you know, if you know me and you're not a cre- completely creepazoid weirdo and you're not going to turn my shit into my boss, then, you know, I'll add you on TikTok. Um, you know, but Twitter, Instagram, 
you know, Facebook, you can all find me there on that kind of thing. Uh, and then, of course, you can always find me and Triple D at the Academy, and we're going to talk different kinds of Star Trek stuff. We are still kind of figuring out what we want to talk about with waiting on uh, the next series to be dropped, which I don't think is going to be till June. So we're trying to figure all that out um, as well. But you can always do that. And, of course, as Jimmy said, because he took my thunder to that... <laughs> Okay, jumps the gun on all that kind of things. You can always pay five dollars a month and listen to Channel Attitude. If you're not here, yes, five five dollar face slap. Or, or right? for a great uh, nah. Yeah, <laughs> but for five dollars, you can always listen to Channel Attitude and listen to this show and all the other back shows. If you're not fortunate enough to listen on Saturday mornings around the ten o'clock time, and if it changes, we let you know. But it's is normally 10 o'clock on Saturday mornings. If you're not here to watch us live on the Hameen Media Channel YouTube channel, then of course you could always go to Channel Attitude and listen to everything that's happened before. And you can see the different iterations of the Smack Attack and how this one is the best one. Oh, um, uh, thank self, you. Self-promotion. <laughs> um, no, it's about me, Jimmy, not about you. Um, uh, well, screw you then. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, and of course, you have Stevie Richards, you have uh, Vince Russo, you have Ben Hameen, you have everybody in between that you can listen to um, and check out all the different shows. Whatever flavor of wrestling you want to listen to for $5 a month, you have it behind the wall at channelattitude.com with some of the best people out there to listen and have their opinions on the show. So go do that. And by the way, also remember, if you need help with any kind of mental health aspect, especially guys... Don't be afraid to reach out. You can reach me at john at freedomhousepc.org or any of my social media sites, and you can hit me up, and we can talk about what it is you need for mental health. Um, like I said last week, I had a rough week, and I took some time for me, and I've gotten better, and I'm not completely better, but I'm, I'm moving along that way. Hence, last night, me not watching SmackDown and going out to watch live music because um, you know I wanted to kind of pick myself up. Not that the week was bad. It was just we're still working on things, and so – um, learning to take care of myself. I am you not. Do you, John? Look, I'm not. I am not the best at taking care of myself. I can't care for other people from an empty cup. So I need to fill myself up that way. And uh, you know, so I I'm having to learn to do that because I'm not. I I will give and give and give to other people because that's it makes me feel good, but it doesn't fill my cup. So I get to the point where I don't want to. When I go to do other things that aren't fulfilling, I'm just not the best. So I have to learn how to do that. So and last but not least, I do want to say thank you to everybody in the chat. The vet making an appearance. Elizabeth, Chris Wineland, Medium 5, Lab Rat, Drone. Uh, look, everybody that was in here today, y'all were great. Todd Brantley made an appearance. And, of course, Jimmy T sticks his nose in there every now and then. Um, and For the people, man. For and, the people. Oh, Come on. and, of course, <laughs> Medium 5 as well. Um, so thank you for all for being in there. Um, we appreciate it. And then uh, I haven't seen this guy before, a third right wing. Um, thank you for showing up and being a part yeah. of it. Um, we appreciate you guys being here and everybody being here in the chat. You make this show. Again, this is the show for you guys by regular schmoes like ourselves. So uh, with that said, we were going to end this show, ladies and gentlemen. We are on our way to the Saudi Arabia where we will see for the first time ever. Sami Zayn steps foot <laughs> in the desert of Saudi Arabia for the tag team titles. And, uh, you know, we're making our way there. We're going to see how the story goes. End of the month, two weeks, Memorial Day weekend. 
As we usually celebrate the start of summer, we're going to be celebrating the WWE being in Saudi Arabia. Will we have new tag champs? Will we have a new heavyweight champ? Who will it be? Will it be AJ Styles or Seth Rollins? We want to know. Will it be a freaking Styles match? Who knows Mm. what it will be. But you got to tune in and find out and keep up with the Smack Attack because we'll keep you in the loop of everything going on. And as we say in the good old USA, a peace.